0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Assalamu alaikum wa wabarakatuh. Bismillah
1: ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wal'aqibatu lil muttaqeen. Wala'udwana <laughs> illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa ashadu la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lahu wali وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ نَبِيَّنَا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ النَّبِيُّ الْمُصْطَفَى الْأَمِينَ اللهم صلِّ وَسَلِّمْ وَبَارِكَ عَلَىٰ نَبِيَّنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ أَمَّا بَعْدٍ So today is the 18th day of Ramadan of this year, 1441 of the Hijra of the Prophet ﷺ. And therefore this is the 18th session of the reading of the commentary of Tafsir al Jalalain by the two jalals, jalaluddin al-mahalli and jalaluddin al suyuti Alihima rahmatullahi ta'ala and one of the beautiful things that the scholars of the past used to do at times which is something which unfortunately in our time has become somewhat rare if not uh, completely devoid and that is that the scholars of the past used to often gift their children their books of learning and their books of knowledge And I know that there's a number of people that are watching this series, for example, together as a family unit, with their children, with their families. And so one of the things that they used to do is that when they would finish a book that they would make the notes of, and they would write down its rulings, or whatever it may be, fiqh or tafsir or hadith, they would keep that within the family. They would give a copy of that, for example, to their children, or their children would inherit it from them. And that was something which they would do because of the importance that they would place upon knowledge. And because that is one of the best types of gifts and, you know, in inverted commons, inheritance that you can give to your children. Because as the Prophet told us وسلم, the Prophets of Allah Azza wa do not give us inheritance, money, gold or silver. But what they give us inheritance is the inheritance of knowledge. And from what is mentioned in that regard, a nice story is what is mentioned about Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala Has a book that is called Tuhfatul Maulud, A loving gift Concerning the rulings of the newborn Is it in English? It may well possibly be translated into English But it is a, a one volume work In which he lists The rulings of a newborn child And he says Or it is said That the reason for writing that book Is that he had a grandson His son Burhanuddin had a son, this is Ibn al-Qayyim's grandson and Ibn al-Qayyim at the time didn't have anything that he could give as a gift didn't have anything, he couldn't afford to buy his grandson a gift at the time of his birth so instead he decided that he would write this book to him as a gift and that is from the beautiful etiquette of the scholars of the past so that book that he wrote for his grandson became a book that not only his grandson benefited from but for many many people for generations to come and until our time it is a book that concerning that topic of the, the rulings of a newborn child is one of the best authored works on that topic and some of our shuyukh, some of our scholars used to say it's a nice gift to give to someone in your family I mean if it's in Arabic then it's in Arabic but if it's in English, it's a nice thing to gift so that you can continue on that sunnah Naqim, ta'ala, and that you give him a share of that reward and that's something which they used to do they used to write books or they used to prepare something for their children, and that, and that, depending on who that scholar was, would become something then which doesn't just benefit that one person or that one individual, but it's something which benefits many others who will come after them.
2: <coughs>
1: In terms of what we, uh, the question that I asked yesterday, I asked it concerning the verse towards the end of Suratul Mu'minun which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says When the trumpet is blown on that day, meaning the day of judgment There will be no blood relations between them, no ansab Nor will they be able to question one another And we said that elsewhere in the Qur'an Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there will be blood relations For example in surah Abasa Allah says on the day that you won't run away from your brother, your mother, your father, your spouse, and your children. And also in the Quran, Allah says that the disbelievers will question one another. وأقبل They will face one another and they won't question one another. So how do we reconcile and understand those verses? The first approach uh, amongst the, or the uh, as for the first part of that issue, which is the, the issue of the relations, so a person, the relatives, Allah Azul just says that there's no relations between them elsewhere, he says that there are relations. The way that we reconcile that part of the verse is that it refers to relatives benefiting you. So there will be relations, but there will be no benefit from those relations. So a person will still be referred to as the brother of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the husband or wife of so-and-so. But those relations in and of themselves bring no benefit Unless and with the exception of those people of taqwa That Allah Azzawajal allows them to do so So that is what is being denied in the Quran It is the benefit that normally comes about as a result of those close relatives And that is why the Prophet said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to his daughter Fatima Anha O Fatima daughter of Muhammad Unless you believe I can do nothing for you in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and so that is what is being referred to. The second part, which is the questioning, the issue of the questioning, Allah says there's no questioning. Also in the Quran, there are questions that the disbelievers ask to one another and of others. Then there are two answers to that. The first is what is mentioned by Ibn Abbas, عنهما, and that is that the questioning will be allowed at certain points on Yom Al Qiyamah and not allowed at other points. So when Allah says there's no questioning, it is Concerning certain parts of yawm al qiyamah In which Allah will not allow it But at other points he will allow it As Ibn Abbas radiallahu said For the disbelievers as a way of increasing Their humiliation and punishment Because when they question one another About their affairs in this world Then they have to answer each other About how they were led astray How they wasted their time How they ignored the message How now they will be punished That is a way of increasing their Punishment and humiliation on Yom Al Qiyamah, and the second one, as mentioned by Imam Al Suyuti, the author of one of the authors of Jalalin, in his book Al Itqan fi Quran, he has a very nice work on the sciences of the Quran, which is one of the best written on this topic. He says, rahimahullah Taala, that the questioning that is being referred to is a questioning that will benefit them. It is a question. That allows them to get some benefit but For a question that increases them In terms of their evil Or in terms of their humiliation Or in terms of their punishment Then that is not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has removed from them And that is one of the ways That we understand these verses of the Qur'an That it is relative to the context About which it is being said And Allah azza wa jal knows best So with that we come to today's session Inshallah ta'ala We are on now the 19th juz of the Qur'an so we are on surah al-furqan and today we begin with verse 21 which is at the beginning of the 19th
0: surah الرحمن الرحيم الحمد والسلام على رسول الامين نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم اغفر لشيخنا ولوالدينا ولجميع المسلمين اما بعد قال المصنف رحمه الله تعالى في تفسير قوله تعالى Those who do not expect to meet us And fear the resurrection say Why have angels not been sent down to us As messengers to us Why do we not see our Lord So that we can know from him That Muhammad is his messenger Allah says لقد في أنفسهم they have become arrogant, about themselves and are excessively insolent by seeking to see Allah Almighty in this world.
1: in verse twenty one, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala continues on from where we began yesterday, and that is that the Allah Azza wa Jalla is mentioning how the disbelievers reject the prophets of Allah wa and how they say why if he was a prophet, why didn't the angels come down instead of him? Or oh, why didn't Allah send someone who doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to drink And so on and so forth These are the different justifications that they used And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, responds to them Allah azza wa in verse number 21 says la yarjuna liqa'ana." Those who do not expect to meet us say And the word يرجونا, The scholars have a number of interpretations and tafsir as to what it means That they do not expect The first is the literal translation that they do not hope to meet us. Those who do not hope to meet us say. The second one is those who do not fear our meeting, which is the one Al-Mahalli, rahimahullah ta'ala, chooses in tafsir. They, Those who do not expect to meet us meaning and fear the resurrection meaning fear to meet us on yawmul qiyamah. And the third one is those who do not care for our meeting. So in all three of those tafsir, it's basically the people who have denied the resurrection, And they have denied that they will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the accounting.
0: On the day they see the angels among all the creatures gathered on the day of rising, there will be no good news that day for the evildoers, meaning the unbelievers, which is not the case with the believers who receive the good news of the garden. They will say there is an absolute ban The custom in this world when a hardship afflicted <clears throat> people Was to seek refuge with the angels In verse 22
1: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Yawma On the day that they see the angels And al-Mahali rahimahullah says On qiyamah Gathered on the day of rising Which is one tafsir And it is the tafsir of Yahya ibn salam Or uh, rather of Mujahid rahimahullah And the other one of Yahya ibn salam And other scholars is that it refers to the time of death on the day that they see the angels, meaning the angels of death, as they come to take their souls. There will be no good news for them on that day, And they will say, who is they, who is the they referring to? Some of the scholars said, it's the angels, it is the angels that will be saying this to them. And others said, amongst the scholars of Tafsir, that it is the disbelievers themselves who will say this to one another when they realize the reality of their situation. وَيَقُولُونَ There is an absolute ban. What does that mean that there is an absolute ban? Amongst the scholars uh, of Tafsir, there are two interpretations or more, but the two most famous of them or the most well-known of them is number one, that there will be no good news for you today. Meaning any type of good news, any type of blessing, any type of news that would positive, bring about any type of positivity or happiness has been made haram upon you on this day. La Bushra, There is no good that will come to you on that day. Meaning not even the smallest iota of anything that will bring happiness and joy to you will come on your Qiyamah. It is a ban for you. So they will have nothing that they can be pleased about and the second of them Bushra بُشْرَ يَوْمَ wa وَيَقُولُونَ حِجْرًا Mahjura, The ban is that there will be no blessing of Allah that comes to you No good that will reach you So one speaks about the news of the goodness And the second one is actually the goodness itself And we can clearly reconcile between those two opinions And say that it includes all of it And as the scholars of tafsir often do They're using parts of the same issue Some of them are giving the beginning uh, element of that which is the news coming, and others are mentioning the substance which is the actual goodness that may or may not come. Allah says, everything that is good will be banned for them. Even the news that they would hear that is positive, even that has been taken away from them on that day.
0: Allah says we will advance on the good actions they have done Such as gifts of sadaqah, maintaining ties of kinship Giving hospitality to the guest and helping people in distress in this world <clears throat> And make them scattered specks of dust Which only show in a sunbeam shining through a small aperture That is a metaphor meaning that they will be of no use of them Since there will be no reward for them Because they lack the necessary precondition for the reward Which is sincere faith They will be repaid for them in this world
1: and so Allah Azza when these people will come with actions that they think are good, actions that they think are pleasing to Allah Azza Allah says, we will scatter them into dust, meaning that we will render them null and void. They have no substance in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will be given no weight. And so they will become like dust that is scattered, and therefore those actions that those people think that they will be able to present, Will have nothing. And even though these are verses about the disbelievers, we know from the son of the Prophet ﷺ, that there is something in terms of a similar meaning for the believers. And that is that the Prophet ﷺ asked the companions one day, Manil Muflis, Fikum, who amongst you is destitute, bankrupt? They said, O Messenger of Allah, the one who has no money, no gold, no silver. He said, وسلم, Rather, it is the one who will come on the day of judgment with salah and sadaqah and fasting and good deeds. That he will have come having oppressed someone And cursed someone And taken the wealth of someone And struck someone So Allah will take from his good deeds And give it to those people And then when those good deeds are finished And those people are still coming With their oppressions Upon that person Allah will take from the evil de- deeds Place them on the back of that man And throw him into the fire So it shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Looks at those deeds In terms of not only their validity
0: but then also in terms of
1: how to right the wrongs that people have committed that they didn't seek or make
0: tawbah for. <laughs> the companions of the garden on that day, meaning the day of rising, will have better lodging than the unbelievers had in this world and a better resting place in which to rest at midday. It is, it is deduced from that the reckoning will end in the middle of the day, as is reported in Hadith. This verse, verse number 24 of Surah Al-Furqan, is the one that we were
1: alluding to yesterday, which I thought we may be able to cover yesterday, but we were able to in the question that I asked concerning the two verses in the Quran. One that says that the length of the day in the sight of Allah is a thousand years, and the other is that it is fifty thousand years in Surah Al Ma'arij. And one of the um, responses that we said to that amongst the scholars of Islam is that the two disc- or the discrepancy in the two lengths of time refers to the accounting for the believers on the day of judgment which is equal to a thousand years which is therefore just a small part of the longer day that is 50,000 years and the 50,000 year day is the accounting that will be for the disbelievers so it is a single day, a part of it, a short part is enough for the believers because Allah will swiftly hold them to account and that is because of their belief and because they don't have any of those major issues to deal with in terms of ship and kufr and so on And the disbelievers will be made to stand for 50,000 years. And we said that one of the reasons or one of the evidences that they based that on is a verse in Surah Al-Furqan and it is verse 24. The companions of the garden, meaning the companions of Jannah on that day, will have better lodging and a better resting place. Maqil comes from the root word of qailula which is the period of the day that people rest in, the midday nap, the siesta. And they say therefore that Allah Azza is saying that that is the place, that is the length of time, which is just a part of the day that they will have to deal with. And that's why you can see Al-Mahali, rahimahullah, refers to it. It is deduced from that, that the reckoning will end in the middle of the day, meaning for the believers. For them it is a part of the day And that is a statement that is reported From Abdullah ibn Mas'ud عنه, And Sa'id ibn Jubair الله, and إكرمة, Amongst others From the scholars of Tafsir, And that is the basis upon which Those scholars say that the the uh, Accounting of the people Of Yom Al-Qiyamah for the believers Is a thousand years or even less Some of them said it is five hundred years Because the Qaylula is a very short Period of time that the people would rest It's not hours but rather it is short period of time that a person takes a nap and then they wake up And Allah knows
0: best <coughs> <coughs> On the day when each heaven is split apart Read as and In white clouds and the angels are sent down Read as and From every heaven rank upon rank This is the day of rising the kingdom that day will belong in truth to the All Merciful, who does not share his kingdom with anyone. It will be a hard day for the unbelievers, but not for the believers. The day when a wrongdoer, meaning idolater, referring in particular to Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayyid who said the shahada and then retracted it to please Ubay ibn Khalath, will bite his hands out of regret on the day of rising and say Alas for me, if only I had gone the way of guidance of the messenger Muhammad Ya waylata laytani lam fulanan Alas for me, I am destroyed If only I had not taken so and so, meaning Ubay ibn Khalaf, for a friend لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ He led me astray from the reminder meaning the Qur'an after it came to me by making me revert from believing in it Allah says وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ Shaytan always leaves an unbelieving man in the lurch. He abandons unbelievers and declares himself free of them in their affliction
1: In these verses, verses 27 to 29 of Surah Al-Furqan the author رحمه الله تعالى mentions a story as the cause of revelation, and even though these verses are general, they apply to everyone, it is said that this is the cause of revelation, and this is a story that is mentioned widely in the books of Tafsir. And Imam As-Suyuti, who is one of the two Jadals, in his extended Tafsir, which is called ad durr al-Manthur, which is a collection of narrations concerning the statements and a hadith, of the, the hadith of the Prophet wasallam and the statements of the scholars of the Tafsir of the Qur'an, he mentions this story in detail. And it is a story that the scholars of uh, hadith and tafsir differ over its authenticity. And some of them said it is authentic, another said no. (coughs) Another said it is hard to tell or we don't know. And from those people who didn't give a ruling of it, even though they mentioned in one of their works, is Sheikh Muqbil al-Wadi'i rahimahullah ta'ala, the scholar of Yemen, who mentioned this in his book that he has concerning the authentic causes of revelation of the Qur'an. He mentions the story and he says, and I don't know whether this is authentic or not. And Allah Jalla knows best. The story, either way, <coughs> is that these two were disbelieving men from the noblemen of Quraysh. One of them is Aqba ibn Abi Mu'iq. And the other is Ubay, Ubay ibn Khalaf, who is the famous leader amongst the leaders of Quraysh. They were two extremely close friends. Aqba ibn Abi Mu'iq, Ubayy ibn Khalaf. Is the one who's a clear and ardent enemy of Islam, tortures the Muslims, persecutes them, hates on the Prophet and so on. His best friend or one of his closest friends is Uqba. Uqba ibn Abi Mu'eet is a man who doesn't have that same level of animosity towards the Prophet and the Muslims, but rather it is said that he would go and he would sit and he would listen to what the Prophet would say. And he would hear the Quran being recited And he was mesmerized and amazed by the speech And he could realize that it is words of wisdom And words that are eloquent So he would go and sit And the narrations somewhat differ If he would just sit in that company Or whether he accepted Islam Or was close to accepting Islam When the other Quraysh realized That this is one of our noble people And this is in the early period of Islam That this is one of our noble men Who is sitting that way They said to Ubay ibn Khalaf making fun of him they said that your closest friend, because the person is judged by their close friends, your close friend is someone who's crazy. He goes and he sits with the Prophet ﷺ and he sits with those Muslims and he's listening to them and you claim he's one of your closest friends, you can't even influence him. How are you going to deal with the rest of these people who are Muslims? Ubay ibn Khalaf took that as a personal slight, a cause of humiliation and dishonor upon him. So he went to uqba ibn Abi Mu'iq and he said to him, wajhuka haramun ali? It is haram upon me to ever look at your face again. We will never look upon each other. We will never speak to one another again. Unless you go and you spit upon the Prophet ﷺ to show the Quraysh and everyone else that you're not upon that religion and that you are not on that methodology. Aqba ibn Abi now has a decision to make. On one side, he understands and knows in his heart that what the Prophet ﷺ is, is saying is true. And even if he's not a Muslim, that is a man that should be respected and listened to. And on the other hand, he has a friendship that is extremely close and dear to him. And that is why this story is mentioned here concerning these verses. He has a choice to make, so he makes the choice of his friend. So he goes and he spits upon the Prophet face. And in some of those narrations, it is said that the Prophet said, you and your friend will both be destroyed. And they were from the people who died, I believe, in the Battle of Badr. So Allah Azza wa it is said, "Reveal these verses concerning them." When the wrongdoers and oppressors on the Day of Judgment will bite upon their fingers and their hands in remorse and regret. and will say, "Woe to me!" meaning may destruction befall upon me. Fall upon me! Had I only taken the path of the Messenger. Woe to me, may destruction fall upon me, had I not taken the path of my khalil, which is not just a friend, but it is the closest friend that you can have, and that is why the Prophet Ibrahim salam is known as Allah's khalil, khalila, if only I had not taken the path of my closest friend instead. And so it is said that this is an indication that the closest of friends on Yom Al will be enemies to one another unless that friendship is based upon taqwa. As Allah says elsewhere in the Quran, Al Akhillah, إلا which is the plural of Khalil, they will be enemies one to another on that day, meaning the day of judgment, except for those whose friendship is based upon taqwa. And Allah knows best.
0: وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا The messenger Muhammad says My lord, my people, meaning the tribe of Quraysh Treat this Qur'an as something to be ignored and abandoned And Ibn al
1: qayyim says Although this, Quran, this verse is particularly or speaking primarily about the disbelievers It can apply to the Muslims as well And Ibn al in one of his works lists The different ways in which people abandon the Qur'an they abandon its recitation, they abandon its memorization, they abandon acting upon its rulings, they abandon using it as a judge between them in their disputes, they abandon using the Qur'an in terms of curing themselves from illnesses and sicknesses, and so on and so forth. And all of those are different types of abandonment of the Qur'an. However, the understanding of this verse also, and even the same to ibn qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, is that the abandonment of the Qur'an is when a person completely leaves off the Qur'an and they completely abandon the Qur'an as if they don't respect it and they don't read it and they don't return to it and one of the mistakes is using this verse to show that the Muslims are people who don't respect the Qur'an generally speaking, it may be true of certain individuals but generally speaking, the vast majority of Muslims read the Qur'an and the vast majority of the Muslims love the Qur'an and the vast majority of the Muslims have that respect and honor for the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's why Sheikh Ibn Baz Rahimahullah Ta'ala Was once asked a question Concerning this verse And he was asked Oh Sheikh, People have abandoned the Quran And the question asked This or recited this verse The Shaykh Rahimahullah Ta'ala Said no that's not the understanding Because even so long as The Muslims recite the Quran In their salah They have not abandoned the Quran They haven't abandoned the Quran So long as they continue To recite it Even if it is in their salah And that shows you The understanding of Those scholars concerning this verse of the Quran, and Allah knows
0: best. Allah says, in this way, just as we have assigned you enemies among the idolaters of Quraysh, we have assigned to every previous Prophet an enemy from among the evildoers, meaning the idolaters. Be steadfast as they were steadfast. That your Lord is a sufficient guide for you and helper for you against your enemies. Those who disbelieve say, Why was the Quran not sent down to, to him all in one go, like the Torah, the Gospel, or the Psalms? Allah says, It is, meaning we sent it down like that in parts, so that we can fortify your heart by it. We have recited it distinctly Little by little We have revealed it piece by piece over time Slowly in order to make it easy for you to understand it And remember it
1: In verse number 32 This is from the uh, evidences Or from the verses of the Quran that are used by the scholars To show that it is extremely or highly recommended To recite the Quran in melody And tartil in the Arabic language refers to a calm and measured recitation in which a person beautifies their voice to the best level possible that they can do. And people differ in terms of their voices and what Allah Azza wa has endowed them with in that regard. But the meaning of Tarteer is not just, and this is a common mistake, it is not just about the voice. Because the voice, as we said, is something which people differ in. And so Allah Azza wouldn't make An obligation or something that that increases a person's reward and something that people have no control over. It is something which is a gift that Allah bestows on some people. The meaning of tartil is to recite the Qur'an in a slow measured manner with the rulings of Tajweed. In the way that it should be recited. In its correct manner of recitation. That is the meaning of Tartil. And so, when people often think that tartil refers to you have to recite like such and such a qari or such and such a sheikh, that is not the meaning of tartil. The meaning of tartil is a slow and precise manner of recitation, in which you abide by the rulings of how the Quran should be recited. And Allah knows
0: best. Every time they come to you with a difficult <coughs> point to try to discredit you We bring you there, refuting truth Refuting truth and the best of explanations To explain the matter to them <laughs> Those who are headed headlong into hell Such people are in the worst position They are the most misguided from the way Further from the path than others on the of their unbelief we gave Musa the book, meaning the Torah, and appointed his brother Harun with him as a helper.
1: And this verse that helps you to understand verse 35, why often in the Quran, in the story of this Prophet Musa alayhi salatu Allah doesn't directly refer to Harun alayhi salam, even though he is mentioned by Implication. He's mentioned by understanding. He's known that they are both together. So when they stand before Pharaoh, they are both of them. And in the different uh, different situations that arise in the life of Musa alayhi salatu salam, in the vast majority of them, except where there is an exception to that that is mentioned. For example, when Musa alayhi salam goes to speak to Allah on the top of the mountain, or when Musa alayhi salam is in the company of Khadr alayhi salam in Surah Al-Kahf. Otherwise, except for those few places, Harun Ali- salam is always with Musa Ali salam And they are both together Fulfilling the prophethood that Allah placed upon them And conveying Allah's message But Allah doesn't often refer to Harun Ali salam Except in a few instances When the angels, when the magicians prostrate They say we believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun When Musa Ali salam returns from the mountain He has a discourse with Harun alayhis salam and that's because of this verse, Allah says, his brother Harun was there to be his minister, his helper, his assistant in terms of conveying that message. So therefore you understand that Allah Azza mentions him or refers to him implicitly in those stories of Musa
0: alayhi we said, go to the people who have denied our signs Meaning Pharaoh and his people They took the message to them and they denied it And so we annihilated them completely And remember when the people of Noah denied the messengers By denying Noah, who had been among them for such a, such a long time That it was as if he was several messengers Or possibly they denial of him was tantamount to denying the rest of the messengers Since the basis of their message is the same we drowned them and made them a sign, meaning a lesson for all mankind. We have prepared in the next world a painful punishment for the wrongdoers, meaning the unbelievers, in addition to what they suffered in this world. In verse thirty seven,
1: the author Ta'ala says, and the people of Nuh, when they denied the messengers in the plural, he says, possibly because Nuh was there for such a long time, that it constitutes the lifespan of, of a number of messengers, or because by rejecting one messenger, they reject them all, which is his second explanation, and that is the correct one. That is the correct one because, as we said, the best way to make tafsir of the Qur'an is with the Qur'an, and Allah says elsewhere in the Qur'an, the people of Noah rejected all of the messengers. كَذَّبَتْ عَادُ And Aad rejected all of the messengers. كَذَّبَتْ الْمُرْسَلِينَ And Thamud rejected, rejected all of the messengers and so on. Why? Because by rejecting one, you reject them all. By disbelieving in a single Prophet of Allah, it is as if you have disbelieved in all of the Prophets. And we mentioned this previously in the tafsir of one of the verses. And so the correct explanation or understanding of this verse therefore is the second that Al-Mahalli rahimahullah ta'ala mentions.
0: Remember Ad because the same goes for Ad, meaning the people of Hud, and Thamud, meaning the people of Salih, and the companions of the well. The prophet of the people of the world well is said to have been Shu'ayb and it is also said to have been someone else. They lived around their well and it collapsed together with them and their dwellings. And many generations, meaning peoples, in between, between Ad and the companions of the well.
1: The author of Ta'ala in verse number thirty-eight, Allah Azzawajal mentions a new group of people, a new nation, that have not previously been mentioned up until this point in the Quran, and that is the Ashab al-Ras, wa-Thamudah wa-Ashab ras The Aad are known, the people of Hud alayhis Salam, and the Thamud are known. They are the people of Salih alayhis Salam. But who are the Ashab al-Ras? And this is where the scholars differ greatly. And that is because Allah doesn't mention them in any more detail. In another part of the Quran, Allah again will refer to them just again by name, as the people of Arras. ras. And Arras ras refers to a well, a well or an area like that, a well or a watering ground. That is what's being referred to as some type of a ditch. That is the meaning of Arras. ras. And Allah Azzawajal in the Quran, in the two or three times that they are mentioned, only refers to them by name. Nor did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam give us any more information concerning them. So, amongst the scholars are those of the opinion that they refer to the people of Shu'in, السلام, as mentioned by Al-Mahalli. And that is because they are the ones that are often mentioned in the context of these prophets. When Noah is mentioned, al Aad is mentioned, and Thamud is mentioned. And you have the people of Loth which will come in the next verse, because Allah Azzawajal will speak, about them as well The people who have the evil wind falling upon them is the people who were stoned from the heavens and they are the people of Lut عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ So therefore the only group of people or nation in that group that is missing is the people of Shuheeb عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ the nation of Madian That is one position amongst the scholars Others said that it is a completely different nation that we don't know the name of its Prophet and we don't know their story but they were a group of people who went, they disagreed and disbelieved in their Prophet They took him and they threw him in a ditch They threw him and left him for dead in a ditch And that is why they became known as the people of al ras And from amongst them, and this is the opinion chosen by Imam al-Tabari Rahimahullah Ta'ala He said that the Ashab al ras are the al ukhdood Mentioned in Surah Al-Buruj The people of the ditch And he says because that is the only other place in the Quran that Allah refers to a ditch and so he's making tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an. And the people of the ditch, we will come to their story, but they are those people that the ditch was dug for them, and a fire was placed in it, and they were thrown into it alive for, for believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and disbelieving in the rulers of their time. So that is the position of Imam al Tabari rahimahullah ta'ala. And others, such as Sheikh al-Sayyid rahimahullah said, we don't know. So we just say simply that these are a group of people that Allah refers to in the Qur'an, in that same speech and context of these other nations And Allah Jalla knows best Who they
0: are We gave examples to each one of them Which established the evidence against them We only destroyed them after warning them And each one of them we utterly wiped out For denying the prophets they themselves, meaning the unbelievers of Mecca, have come across the city which was rained on by an evil rain, of stones which rained down, a reference to the largest of the towns of the people of Lut. Allah destroyed its inhabitants for their indecent actions. <coughs> Did they not then see it when they traveled to Syria and thus take no? The question demands an affirmative response. <coughs> but they do not expect to rise again. They do not think that they will be resurrected, and so they do not have faith. When they see you, they only make mockery of you and say Is this the one Allah has sent as a messenger? This was to disparage his message He might almost have misled, meaning diverted us from our gods Had we not stuck to them steadfastly Allah says they will soon know When they see the punishment with their own eyes in the next world Whose way is most misguided and incorrect Theirs or that of the believers Allah
1: subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 42 Says He might almost have misled us from our gods Had we not been patient upon them Steadfast upon their worship and Allah Azza will mention something similar in Surah Sad. would Alimshu ala alihatikum Leave him, go away and be steadfast upon your gods And this was the statement of the Quraysh That they said after hearing the uh, the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And his call and his message that they should worship Allah Azza alone This is what they said to one another Be patient upon your gods And the scholars of Tafsir make a very beautiful point here And that is that if this is the level of patience and steadfastness that they are calling one another to despite being upon evil and misguidance and falsehood, then surely the believers have more right to make such a call to one another. That we should be patient and steadfast upon the truth and upon what Allah Azza is calling us towards and that is the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And often the people of misguidance and falsehood will encourage and motivate one another to be patient upon what is false. So the believers have more right to that and that is why Allah Azza wa Jal refers to that as being one of the means of salvation and one of the paths of their salvation as he says in Surah Al-Asr إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وتواسوا بِالْحَقِّ وتواسوا بِالصَّبَرِ Except those who believe do righteous deeds and they encourage one another upon the truth or with the truth and with patience.
0: Tell me, have you seen him Who has taken his whims and desires to be his god Will you then be his guardian And thus prevent him from following his own desires Do you suppose that most of them hear Or understand what you say to them They are just like cattle Indeed, they are even more astray than cattle because cattle obey the person who cares for them. Whereas these people do not obey their master who bestows blessings on them. Do you not see how your Lord stretches out shadows from the time of first light until sunrise? If He, meaning your Lord, had wished, He could have made them, meaning the shadows, stationary, even after the sun has risen. Then we appoint the sun to be the pointer to them The sun has been made an indicator of the shadow If it were not for the sun, there would be no shadow
1: In verse forty four Allah Azza wa Jal says hum They are just like cattle, indeed they are even more astray And Al-Mahali says because cattle obey the person who cares for them But also because the cattle that Allah Azza wa has created praises him And glorifies Allah and praises Allah and worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in its own manner, in the way that Allah jalla has created it with. So Allah jalla says that they are even more astray than them because even those inanimate objects including the rocks and the plants and the trees and everything else, they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the manner in which Allah has ordained for them, the sun, the moon and everything else. They are therefore more astray because they don't even do that. <coughs>
0: Then we draw them back to ourselves in gradual steps as the sun rises in the sky. It is He who made the night a cloak, meaning covering for you and sleep, a rest for bodies from their work. And He made the day a time for rising, to seek provision and other things. It is he who sends out the winds, read as, riah and Rih Bringing advanced news, read as, Bushran, Nushran, nushuran and Nashran Of his mercy, meaning rain And we send down from heaven pure and purifying water so that's by it we can bring a dead Red as and So we can bring a dead land to life And give water to drink to many of the animals Such as camels, cattle and sheep And people we created
1: In verse 48 Allah says And we send down from heaven Water and al Mahali says, and purifying water. And this is one of those points, as we mentioned at the beginning of this series, that the scholars of these two scholars of tafsir, the two jalals, often place within their tafsir many different points of benefit from fiqh to hadith to so many things that if a person isn't paying attention, they will pass them by without realizing. And this is an example of a fiqhi point, and that is a, the ma'un tahur, as is mentioned in the works of fiqh in terms of the categories of water. Is the water that isn't only pure in and of itself, but it purifies you in terms of your spiritual, ritual aspects of washing for ghusl and wudu. And that is the meaning of tahoor So Allah says it is pure, He adds purifying because that is the fiqhi definition of water that is tahur.
0: Yeah. We have variegated it. Referring to water for them so that they m- might pay heed Read as يذكرو and يذكرو. Meaning, remember Allah's blessing, by it فأبى أكثر النَّاسِ إِلَّا كُفُورًا But most people spend anything else but unbelief Meaning, they are ungrateful for Allah's blessing And deny it by falsely attributing rain to another cause as when they say, we have rain when such and such a star rises. And that is based
1: on the hadith that we <coughs> referred to before in Sahih Muslim, in which the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, do you know what your Lord said after uh, rain one night? The next morning the Prophet said to the companions, do you know what your Lord said? He said, those who woke this morning, some of them are believers in me, disbelievers in the stars, and others believe in the stars and disbelieve in me. As for the one who said, Muturna Batdillahi wa rahmati, we received rain by Allah's grace and through his mercy, they have believed in me and disbelieved in the stars. And as for those who said that we received rain, as the author mentions here, because of such and such a star that was rising, they have disbelieved in me and believed in those stars. So he's referring to the
0: hadith. If we had wished, we could have sent a warning to every time to alarm its people. We sent you to warn the people of all the towns to make your wage greater. So do not obey the whims of the unbelievers, but use this, meaning the Quran, to battle against them with all your might. It is he who has unloosed both seas adjacent to one another The one very sweet and refreshing The other salty and bitter And put a dividing line between them An uncrossable barrier So that they do not mix with one another at all And it is he who created human beings from water Meaning sperm And then gave them relations by blood and marriage Because men and women marry to seek progeny your Lord is all powerful, possessing the power to do whatever He wills. In
1: verse number 54, And it is He who created human beings from water. And the author تعالى, says in his tafsir, meaning sperm. And we mentioned this previously before, that both approaches are mentioned by the scholars of tafsir. But sometimes in the context of the verse, when Allah is speaking about the formation of humans, then the scholars say it refers more so to sperm
0: and Allah knows best <laughs> <laughs> Yet they, meaning the unbelievers, worship instead of Allah, what? Meaning something whose worship can neither help nor harm them In other words, idols وَكَانَ الْكَافِرُ عَلَىٰ رَبِّهِ ظَهِرًا The unbelievers are always biased against their Lord and predisposed to obey, to obey Shaytan وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا مُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا We sent you only to bring good news of paradise And to give warning about how قُلْ أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ Say, I do not ask you for any weight for it Meaning, for conveying what I am sent with إِلَّا مَنْ شَاءَ أَن يَتَّخِذَ إِلَىٰ رُبِّهِ سَبِيلًا Only that anyone who wants to Should make his way towards his Lord By spending his wealth in a way pleasing to Allah وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْحَيِّ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتُ وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِهِ Put your trust in the living who does not die and glorify him with praise. Say, glory be to Allah and praise is his. He is well aware of the wrong actions of his slaves. أَلَّذِي خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامِ He who created the heavens and the earth and everything in between them in six days. Days of this world Meaning in in an equivalent amount of time Since that was before the sun And time as such existed If he had wished he could have created them In the blink of an eye But he did not do that In order to teach his creation To be methodical And then established himself Firmly on the throne Which means linguistically The seat on which a king sits The all merciful Ask, meaning human being, anyone who is informed about him and his attributes.
1: In verse 59, Allah Azza wa Jal says, ala And that means that he ascended above his throne, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the manner which befits his majesty. And so the translation that is better and more befitting, and Allah knows best, is that he ascended himself above the throne in the manner which befits his majesty. At the end of the verse, Allah Azza wa says, bihi says, Ask, human being, anyone who is informed about him and his attributes. Meaning ask those who know about him subhanahu wa ta'ala and the one who knows best about him and knows most about him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so this is a indication that the knowledge about Allah and His names and His attributes and that knowledge which is one of the most blessed sciences of Islam, the knowledge of Tawheed, is a knowledge that is taken from Allah Himself. From what is mentioned in the Quran or from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it is not one of those things in which we have the option of making ijtihad. It's not a thing where I can give my view and you give your view, my understanding, or your understanding, or my interpretation, or your interpretation. Allah says, Ask the one who knows, and the one who knows best about his Lord is his Prophet.
0: لَهُمْ <laughs> قَالُوا When they, meaning the unbelievers of Mecca, are told to prostrate to, uh, to the All Merciful, they say, And what is the All Merciful? Anas لِمَا Ta'muruna Are we to prostrate to something you command us to? Read as Ta'muruna, as here, referring to Muhammad Sallallahu Wasallam, and also Ya'muruna, he commands us to, in which case it refers to Allah, may He be exalted. To worship something we do not recognize. And it, meaning saying this to them, merely makes them run away all the more, makes them even more averse to believe. In
1: verse 60, Allah says, When they are told to prostrate to the All Merciful, they say, And what is the All Merciful? And a similar verse was mentioned towards the end of Surah Al Isra, Call upon him as Allah or Ar Rahman, whichever of his beautiful names you use. You call upon him. And the author at that time mentioned, and here as well it is the same thing, as to the scholars differ over tafsir of tafsir. When Allah says, and when you say to them, call upon him as a Rahman, and they say, and what is a Rahman, or who is a Rahman, does that mean that they denied knowing Allah by that name? So that's why they're asking, we don't know Allah by that name, which is one approach amongst the scholars of tafsir, and they use as an additional evidence for that They're narration that is mentioned concerning the treaty of Hudaybiyyah when the Prophet is asking Ali anh, to write the contract, the treaty and he starts by saying Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim and so here, Ibn Amr says we don't know who this Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim is but write it the way that we write it Bismillah In your name of Allah and so they said because they didn't recognize those names other Scholars and Imam Al-Tabari mentioned this Muhammad Al-Amin Allah and others say that it is well established in the poetry of the Arabs from Jahiliyyah that they would call upon Allah with the name Ar-Rahman so the name is well known amongst them because they used it in their poetry and one of the best or the most uh, authoritative sources of Arab society before Islam is through their poetry and how they used to refer to things in the poetry and the literature that they had that the name Ar-Rahman was known amongst them so therefore then the meaning of these verses and Allah knows best and that incident of Hudaybiyyah is That they refuse to acknowledge it in in terms of being arrogant. It is from a point of being arrogant. That we don't acknowledge these names that you give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not because they didn't think that they were Allah's names. Or they didn't recognize Allah as being merciful. But simply because of their arrogance. And because of their haughtiness. And because of them wanting to become an obstacle in the path towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah knows best.
0: Allah says to them, Blessed be he who placed constellations in the sky. The constellations are the 12 signs of the zodiac. See 1615 وَجَعَلَ And put a blazing lamp, meaning the sun, and shining moon among them. And it is, he, it is He who made night and day succeed each other for those who want to pay heed. Read as, Yadzakaru and Yadzkuru. So that if someone misses something, like the prayer in one, he can do it in the other, or to give thanks for the blessings of His Lord to Him in the day and night. The slaves of the All Merciful are those who walk lightly on the earth with tranquility and humility. وَإِذَا الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا And who, when the ignorant speak to them, saying what they dislike, say peace, by which they preserve themselves from wrong action. From in verse 63 onwards
1: now to the end of the surah, surah Al-Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will mention the description, the characteristics, the attributes of Ibadur Rahman, the slaves are the most merciful. And these are those characteristics that a Muslim should be upon. And that they should try to abide by. The first of them is what Allah Aj mentions concerning their humility and their humbleness. When they walk upon the earth, they walk in a humble way, with tranquility, but with humility and humbleness, not out of arrogance and pride and haughtiness, which is the description of those who disbelieve in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And when those who are people who engage in vain speech or evil speech, or those people who are ignorant, come to them and they speak to them and say something which they don't. Which isn't good Which isn't a beneficial use of their time They say salama Meaning peace be with you And they move away They don't engage with
0: them <laughs> Those who pass the night prostrating And standing before their Lord Meaning praying night prayers Those <laughs> who those who say, Our Lord avert from us the punishment of how? Its punishment is an inescapable pain. It is indeed an evil lodging and abode in which to stay. Those who, when they spend on their family, are neither extravagant nor mean, read as, but take a stance midway between the two in terms of expenditure
1: in verse 67 Allah says those who when they spend and says on their family and that is by way of example not exclusivity so when he says on their family meaning for example on their family and it's not just referring exclusively to that type of spending for any sadaqah that is given there are those who neither go to either extreme nor are they extravagant meaning they don't give everything away Therefore, leaving their dependents and their family poor, and nor are they from amongst those people who are miserly and stingy in their sadaqah and in their spending, to the extent that
0: they rarely give to others. <coughs> Those who do not call on any other God besides Allah and do not kill anyone, Allah has made inviolate, except with the right to do so, and do not fornicate. Anyone who does that, meaning any of the three mentioned, will receive an evil punishment.
1: And these three things that are mentioned in verse 68 are from the major sins, and that's why the Prophet mentioned them together in a single hadith. The Prophet said, He was asked, What is the worst of sins, he said, that you should associate someone with Allah in worship when he is the one who created you. Then he was asked, which comes next? He said, to kill your child out of fear that they will eat with you. He was asked, what then? He said, to commit adultery with the wife of your neighbor. And so Allah Azza wa Jal joins between these three, as the Prophet wasallam did as well in the hadith.
0: <coughs> and on the day of rising his punishment will be doubled, read as and and he will be humiliated in it timelessly forever. Except for those who repent and believe and act rightly. Allah will transform the wrong actions of such people into good Meaning actions in the next world Allah is ever forgiving, most merciful for certainly, all who repent of wrong actions and act rightly have, tend to, have turned sincerely towards Allah, meaning return to Allah, and He will repay them.
1: In verse number seventy, Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala says, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا. Except for those who repent and believe, and then Allah says, وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا, عملا And usually in the Quran, when Allah refers to this. He says, وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا. They do righteous deeds. But here Allah brings the verb and the noun, <clears throat> they perform Meaning they do righteous deeds Allah mentions the verb and the noun They perform righteous actions And so Allah Azzawajal joins before, Between the verb and the noun but as usually in the Quran It is just the verb that is being mentioned And Allah knows best But some of the scholars said To show the importance of righteous actions And the way that even when people sin By doing extra and more righteous actions That person is able to fill Not only uh, expate for those sins that were committed But also they are able to By the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Increase in reward And we know this from the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, which Allah subhanahu wa ta- In which the Prophet said That a person will come on yawm al qiyamah And the first thing that they will be judged about Is the salah So Allah will say look at the salah of my, of my servant And so the angels will look And they will look at the salah Meaning the obligatory salah that they perform and then Allah will say And if they have any deficiency in their salah Look at the optional salah And make it up with the optional salah And that is one of the benefits of Performing extra nafl prayers Sunnah prayers That they make up for the deficiencies that we have In our obligatory salah And then if they have those voluntary prayers Those deficiencies are made up And it is the same with other actions as well With zakah and sadaqah with fasting in Ramadan and fasting outside of Ramadan. Allah Azza wa fills up the deficiency with those extra deeds. And that is why some of the scholars said, that Allah knows best, that Allah Azza wa stresses here twice the issue of righteous actions by mentioning both the verb and the
0: noun. <laughs> those who do not lie and bear false witness and who, when they pass by worthless talk, meaning obscenities, backbiting, idle gossip, and other such things pass by with dignity Those who, when they are admonished and reminded of the signs of their Lord, meaning the Quran do not turn their backs, deaf and blind to them but rather listen and look and benefit from them
1: Verse 73 is from the greatest of the attributes of the believers those when the Qur'an is recited to them or they hear from the signs of their Lord Subhanahu wa ta'ala, They don't pass by as if they're just deaf, dumb and blind But they are people who stop and they ponder And they listen and they reflect And Imam Ibn Qayyim amongst other scholars spoke about the issue of Tadabbur and contemplating the Qur'an And the importance of it in a number of his words As did other scholars Because it is one of the greatest parts of Our relationship with the book of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, That we don't just pass by but when we listen and we hear the Quran Like we're doing now with the tafsir of the book of Allah It is information that we're retaining That we're understanding New things that we never knew before Or knowledge that we didn't know about the Quran And so when we take that knowledge It is not from the attributes of the believers just to ignore it But rather it should improve us in our character In our relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And this was the way of the companions When something was taken for them From the Quran, a lesson was derived It would humble them and he would make them stop and reflect. It is said that Umar, in his Khilafah, when he was the leader of the Muslims, was once sitting amongst the companions in the masjid. And a Bedouin man came and he entered. And this is mentioned in his biography, a Bedouin man entered and he came into the masjid and he was looking and listening to Umar. The Bedouin man is a stranger to Medina, he's not someone who lives there, not someone who frequents the sittings of Umar and listens to his advice often. But when he listens and hears Umar He's amazed by him His eloquence, his knowledge His forthrightness His his demand, his, his command of the Arabic language And so on He's amazed by him So after Umar Is speaking the Bedouin man Stands up and he says Oh Allah make me an Umar from the few Makes dua for him From the few And that's not a common dua to make That you say to Allah O oh Allah make me from the few O oh Allah make someone from the few Umar could see that the man was a stranger, he's a Bedouin, he's not someone from Medina, and so he ignores him. The man, thinking that Umar didn't hear him, comes closer, raises his voice, and says again, Oh Allah, make us from the few. Umar ignores him a second time. So the man thinks Umar still hasn't heard me. Being a Bedouin, he doesn't understand, doesn't take the hint of what Umar is saying, trying to ignore him. So he raises his voice even more And he says Oh Allah Make us from the few The third time Umar now becomes angry And he says Wayhak Woe to you What kind of a dua is that Never come across that dua before So now the Bedouin man Realizes that Umar heard him All three times But was ignoring him And so when Umar becomes angry As the Prophet ﷺ said Even Shaitan crosses the road So the man becomes afraid And he says Oh Amirul Mu'mineen Have mercy upon me All I want you to do was make dua for you from something that I learned from the Quran. And that is that Allah often refers to the saved as the few. The people of salvation are the few. The people who believe are the few. The people who thank Allah are the few. The people who benefit from Allah's signs are the few. So I simply want you to say, Wallah, oh make me an Umar from the few. Umar lowered his head and he said, Even the Bedouin of the desert has more knowledge than Umar. And that shows you how the companions. When they were told or given a lesson from the Quran Or a be- point of benefit that was mentioned Concerning the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They would be humble And they were people who would just pass by As if they were deaf, dumb and blind
0: <coughs> Those who say Our Lord give us joy in our wives and children But as and When we see them obeying you وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا And make us a good example for those who are God-fearing.
1: In verse 74, this is from the beautiful du'as that the believer makes. And it is for themselves and their family and their children. And the two quira'as, dhurriyatina, is in the singular, meaning one generation of children. ذُرِّيَّاتِنَا is the plural for many generations to come. And that is like the du'a that Ibrahim alayhi salatu was made as we mentioned in Surah al-Baqarah. And that is from, so this is from the du'as of the believers, that they make du'a for themselves and their children and their families, that they will be those that will bring pleasure to their eyes, a coolness for their eyes, because they will be people who will help them come closer to Allah Azza wa in this life, but more importantly that on Yomul qiyamah, they will be reunited with them in the highest levels of Jannah and that is from the greatest blessings that Allah can bestow upon a family, that Allah not only unites them upon goodness in this world, but that Allah azza wa unites them upon righteousness in the highest levels of Jannah, by His mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so they make dua for this. They are a coolness for the eyes. And the Prophet told us, sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, that from the greatest means of attaining reward, especially after a person's passing away, is from the actions that their children perform, that you get a share of their reward. And the dua that they make for you, they remember you, and they ask Allah's mercy for you. And one of the mistakes that we often make in our du'as, for our parents, for those of us that do so, I mean, clearly the bigger mistake is not making dua for them at all. But one of the other mistakes is that we only let limit That dua for them by one generation. Oh Allah, have mercy upon my parents. But what about their parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents? And just as we make dua for many generations to come of our children, then we often neglect our ancestors and forefathers from the believers who now no one makes dua for them because that is a generation that is too far above us. The believer is someone whose khayr and their goodness extends both ways and they don't limit Allah's mercy because of the limit of their own mind and their own lack of understanding and so we make dua for all of them Rahimahumullah Taala. so Allah says that there are people who will benefit the Prophet said صلى الله عليه وسلم, that a person will come on al Qiyamah and they will see deeds that they clearly recognize as belonging to them and then Allah will say to them look over there those deeds are yours as well and they will say Oh Allah we don't recognize them they don't belong to us it's not my salah or my deeds or anything that I did Allah says Allah will say to them that is from the istighfar of your children for you They sought forgiveness for you That is the portion of your reward From what they said for you And so it is from the greatest means By the permission of Allah Of entering into Jannah وَجْعَلْنَا إِمَامًا And make us for the God-fearing For the people of Taqwa A good example An Imam here doesn't mean a leader it doesn't mean leader in the traditional sense of leadership, that you want to be leaders and rulers, but it means Imam in terms of being a good Imam, a good role model. Someone that when other people look at by the permission of Allah, جل, it reminds them. And that's why the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, nasi ida ru'u, look Allah. The best of people are those who, when they are seen, they remind others of Allah. So if you have those people in your family, in your community, amongst your teachers, amongst the sheikhs that you know and others, if you see them, they remind you of Allah. That is from the greatest of Allah's blessings upon them and upon you. And Allah knows best.
0: Such people would be repaid for their steadfastness in obeying Allah with the highest paradise, the highest degree in the garden. فيها تحية Where they will meet, read as يلاقون أن يلقون. With welcome and with peace, spoken by the angels. And that is
1: a mistranslation, therefore, in the transliteration and أن not the way that it's been written there, the way that it was read by Ismail
0: فيها. They will remain in it, timelessly, forever. What's an excellent lodging and abode Say Muhammad وسلم, to the people of Mecca What has my Lord to do with you if you do not call on him When you are in difficulties for him to remove them But you have denied the truth Meaning the Messenger and the Quran. So punishment is bound to come in the next world after what happens to them in this world. 70 of them were killed in the Bakla Bagh. Surah al Shu'ara, the poets. This surah is Meccan except for ayat 197 and those from 224 to the end of the surah, which are Medinan. It has 227 ayat and was sent down after Al Waqi'ah.
1: So this is the 26th surah of the Quran, known as Surah Shu'ara. And literally, Shu'ara means the poets. And they said that it is called by that name, and Allah knows best because at the end of this surah, Allah Azza wa Jal will speak about the situation of the poets at the very end of this surah. And this is a surah that speaks about many of the stories of the prophets in some detail, as we will see. It is one of those stories that is dedicated much of it to the story of the past prophets and their nations. It is a Makki surah, as is the position of the majority of the scholars of Tafsir. And the exception that is mentioned of those verses It is said that they are mentioned by some of the early scholars of rahimahullah Muqatil But generally speaking it is a Makki surah And from the names that this surah is also known by Is Suratul Surat Jami'ah And it is said that Imam Malik تعالى, Was from amongst the scholars who used to refer to it in that way Suratul Jami'ah And in my limited research I was unable to Find a reason as to why you refer to this surah as surah al jamiah Jami'a means comprehensive. Why you refer to it in that way? I couldn't find it in any of the works that I refer to as to the reason for it. And it is not a common name of the surah. It is only mentioned from him, and it is only mentioned in some of the works of Tafsir as being a name that is mentioned from him as well. And Allah knows
0: best. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allah knows best what is meant by this Those are the signs of the clear book Meaning the ayat of the Quran which makes the truth clear from falsehood لَعَلَّكَ نفسك أَلَّا Perhaps you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Will destroy yourself with grief Because they, meaning the people of Mecca Will not become believers This is compassion to him to instruct him So that his sorrow about that is diminished <laughs> If we wished we could send down a sign to them from heaven Before which their heads would be bowed low in subjection Indicating that they would believe وَمَا يَأْتِيهِم ذِكْرٍ مِّنَ الرحمن إِلَّا كَانُوا But no fresh reminder in the form of the Qur'an from the all merciful reaches them without their turning away from it فَقَدْ كَذَّبُوا كَانُوا بِهِ They have denied the truth but the news of what they mocked will certainly come to them إِلَى الْأَرْضِ كَمْ أَنْبَتْنَا Had they not looked at the earth and see how we have seen How we have made every sort of it Every sort of its myriad and beneficial species grow in it إِنَّ فِي ذَٰلِكَ لَآيَةً وَمَا كَانَ مُؤْمِنِينَ There is certainly a sign in that Indicating the perfection of Allah's power Yet most of them are not believers in Allah's knowledge وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ نَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الرَّحِيمُ Truly your Lord is the Almighty Possessing might With which he will take revenge on the unbelievers The most merciful to the believers
1: So this is the opening passage of Surah Al-Shuhara And one of the common things that we will find in this surah Is that Allah A.S. after the mention And the story of every prophet Will sign off that story by mentioning these verses Verses 8 and 9 إِنَّ فِي ذَٰلِكَ لَآيَةَ
0: وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ
1: مُؤْمِنِينَ There is certainly a sign in that that most of them are not believers and truly your lord is the almighty the most merciful some of the scholars with tafsir said that this surah is a surah in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will focus on the stories of the prophets but he focuses on them in terms of the blessings that they received by which and through which they thought that they would have salvation that they were special that Allah surely loved them because he honored them in that way Whether that be wealth Or whether that be physical might and power Or whether that be something else Whatever it may be Lineage and and so on And we alluded to some of this In our uh, tafsir of Surah Al-A'raf and Surah Hud So they think that this is the reason And that is why Allah Azza wa Jal Will in this Surah Focus more on the blessings that they received as As opposed to previous mentions of these stories In which Allah refers more to the, the duel between the, the Prophets and them and how Allah would destroy them in this Surah the focus is more on the blessings that they receive and some of the scholars said and this is therefore an extension of the last verse of Surah Al-Furqan قُلْ مَا يَعْبَأُوا بِكُمْ رَبِّي لولا not for your calling upon your Lord Allah Azzawajal would have no need of you meaning that these people thought these different nations that these things that they had, these attributes would be the reason for their salvation Allah says it is not any of that But rather what Allah cares for And what Allah عز pays mind to And what Allah عز honors Is those who call upon him Worshipping him alone Making dua to him sincerely Turning to him in worship Jalla fi ula And that is why Allah عز wa After mentioning all of these stories At the end Will refer to the situation of the Prophet And the believers from amongst the companions Or the believers of the companions
0: وَإِذْ نادى رَبُّكَ مُوسَىٰ الْقَوْمَ Mention to your people, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam About when your lord called out to Musa on the night When he saw the fire and the bush Go to the wrongdoing people as a messenger قَوْمَ فِي The people of Pharaoh who have wronged themselves by rejecting Allah And wronged the tribe of Israel by enslaving them أَلَا يَتَّقُونَ Will they not be God-fearing and show their fear of Allah by, by obeying Him and affirming His unity? The question is a rebuke to them. In
1: verse number 10, when Allah Azzawajal says, Go to Pharaoh and Al-Muhallahu says, On the night when he saw the fire and the bush, what he's referring to then is the night of the fire when he is returning from Madian, going towards Egypt, and not the fire that he saw when Allah Azzawajal spoke to him directly. When he goes to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which comes later on in his story when he received the Torah, this is referring to the first time when he receives prophethood. So that is, when he's returning from Madian, he sees a fire on a mountain and he goes there to take guidance or to take from that fire in order to light his path. And Allah gives him the prophethood at that time. And this will come in more detail, inshaAllah, in the tafsir of Surah Al Qasas.
0: <laughs> he, Musa, said, My Lord, I fear they will deny me. And that my breast will be constricted by their denial of me. And that my tongue will not be free, meaning will be unable to convey the message because of my speech impediment. So send my brother as a messenger as well. They hold a wrong action against me through my killing of the copt, And I fear that they will kill me And that will come
1: in more detail also in Surah Al-Qasas The killing of the Qabt will be mentioned by Allah in more detail And this is before Musa becomes a Prophet of Allah
0: he, meaning Allah said, by no means, they will not kill you Go, both of you, with our signs We will certainly be together with you, listening Meaning we will hear what you say and what is said to you
1: In verse 15, there is an interesting <coughs> tangent And it shows you the depth of the knowledge of the scholars of Islam And how much they understood and focused on And contemplated over the book of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And that is that this is a verse that is used by some of the scholars To show that the minimum amount in a jama'ah In the plural, in a congregation is two If you have two it constitutes a Jumu'ah, a congregation Meaning for the Friday prayer And that is a famous issue amongst the scholars of, of fiqh And it is an issue of vast difference of opinion What is the minimum number you need in order for there to be a jum'a prayer? Right, a Jumu'ah prayer Is it 40? Is it less? Is it more? There are many different opinions Three being one of them Four being one of them Two being one of them And those scholars who said there is two, which is the position of Imam Malik, Rahimahullah and others, use this verse as an evidence. And it shows you the precise nature by which the scholars of Islam used to focus on the Quran. Where is the evidence of this being two, being the minimum amount of a jama'ah, of a jumu'ah, of being a congregation? And that's an important question. And if I had an audience here, I'd (laughs) I'd ask <laughs> that question to see what people said Clearly that's not possible But it shows you because it is an actually a very fine point And that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says bi بِآيَاتِنَا You two go both with my signs إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ Allah changes from the jewel to the pro, And he's only still speaking about two people And that is Musa and Harun alayhi salam. But Allah then says go both of you with my signs I am with all of you And Allah uses the plural. And Arabic, we know we have the singular, the dual, and the plural. And the fact that Allah changes from the dual to the plural, some of the scholars said, therefore, that this is a deleel. That Allah refers to the two of them as a plural. And that is a very fine and very precise understanding of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Clearly it is an issue of difference of opinion. I'm not saying that that is the strongest opinion. But my point is here to show you the level of depth of which the scholars of Islam used to focus and understand the book of Allah azza wa And therefore it is from the sad calamities of our time. And it is a calamity when we don't focus on the Quran in that way. And that is why even though this tafsir may seem long and it's three hours a day and it's a whole month and it's a full reading and so on. It is only literally scratching the surface of what is the Book of Allah. Subh'anaHu wa
0: ta'ala. Go to Pharaoh and say, We are the messengers, we are the messenger of the Lord of all the worlds to you. To tell you to send the tribe of Israel away to Syria with us. They went to him and told him what they had been commanded to say. He, Pharaoh, said to Musa Did we not bring you up among us as a child in our home And did you not spend many years of your life among us He spent 30 years of his life Wearing the garments of Pharaoh And riding in his entourage And was called his son التي فعلت من الكافرين Yet you did the deed, you did. A reference to Musa's killing of the Copt, and were ungrateful, refusing to acknowledge our beneficence to you by bringing you up and not enslaving you. <coughs> he, meaning Musa, said, at, at the time I did it, I was one of the misguided, unaware of the knowledge which Allah gave me later of and of the message. And so I fled from you when I was in fear of you, but my Lord gave me right judgment, meaning knowledge, and made me one of the messengers. And anyway, you can only reproach me with this favor because you made the tribe of Israel into slaves. You enslaved them But not me Therefore That is not beneficence On your part Since you did wrong You did wrong them By enslaving them Pharaoh said to Musa What is the lord Of all the worlds Who, Who is this Whose messenger You say that you are There is no way For creation To know the reality Of Allah They only know him Through his attributes Musa answered him By mentioning Some of his attributes In
1: this verse Verse number 23 There is a problem In the tafsir And there is a Major problem Musa is asked by Pharaoh What is the Lord of all the worlds? And then the author تعالى, changes the what to the who Who is this messenger that you are referred to Who is the Lord of all the worlds? And he changes the what to the who And this is the methodology used by those people who misinterpret the names of Allah and his attributes And this is the evidence they use What they say is that Pharaoh was asking Musa to describe Allah and Musa doesn't describe Allah and instead he goes to something else and says he's the Lord of the heavens and the earth and he doesn't describe him and that's because Musa is saying that he doesn't have attributes that we can affirm to him subhanahu wa taala. so they use this as an evidence to show that Allah doesn't have names and attributes and that is a misinterpretation not only of understanding the names and attributes of Allah but of the verse as well because Pharaoh was not asking him who is Allah, mean describing him to me further in terms of his names and attributes which is what Al-Mahali is saying. But rather as Ibn Kathir rahimahullah and others. And Ibn Kathir mentions this point in his tafsir as to how this verse is misunderstood and used to misinterpret the names and attributes of Allah. <coughs> rather what, Allah, what Pharaoh is asking Musa alayhi salam is what is Allah, what is this Lord and God that you speak about? Because Pharaoh doesn't acknowledge Allah in the first place Pharaoh says I am your Lord to, be, to the people of Egypt He says I know of no other God except me ilahin Rabbukum al I am your Lord the Most High So when Musa comes to him and says rather worship Allah He says what is this Allah So he's not asking to, for a description of Allah He's asking what is Allah What is this Allah that you refer to and that is why Musa salam says that Allah is the Lord of the heavens and the earth and what is between them. And so that tafsir that we have here of 23 is an incorrect tafsir. And so what is the correct tafsir? Is explain to me what is this Lord that you worship? That is the meaning of this verse. He's asking about what is the Lord? What is Allah? What is this Allah that you are referring to? And not who is Allah by mentioning further details of his names and attributes. And Allah knows best.
0: قَالَ رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا إِن He said, the Lord of the heavens and the earth and everything between them, if you knew for sure, that he is your creator. Therefore, believe in him alone. He, meaning Pharaoh, said to those nobles of his people around him, Are you listening? Do you not hear that his answer is not a proper answer to the question I asked? He, meaning Musa, said, Your Lord, and the Lord of your forefathers, the previous peoples. This answer, exasperated Pharaoh. He said, This messenger, who has been sent to you, is mad. قَالَ رَبُّ the Lord of the East and the West, and everything between them, if you use your intellect. So believe in him and affirm his unity. <laughs> he, Pharaoh, said to Musa, If you take any God other than me, I will certainly throw you into prison. Prison was an extremely severe punishment in Pharaoh's Egypt. It was under the ground, and the prisoners did not see or speak to anyone. <laughs> He, Musa, said, Even if I were to bring you something undeniable, clear evidence of my prophethood. He, Pharaoh, said to him, Produce it then, if you are someone telling the truth. So he threw down his staff, and there it was, unmistakably a huge snake. And he drew out his hand from his pocket And there it was, pure white and shining Changed from its normal brown color To those who looked He, meaning Pharaoh Said to the high council round about him This certainly is a skilled magician Obviously well versed in magic (laughs) Who desires by his magic To expel you from your land فَمَاذَا تَأْمُرُونَ So, what do you recommend? They said, detain him and his brother and delay them and send out marshals to the cities to gather the people. To bring you all the skilled magicians to demonstrate in public their superior knowledge of magic to that of Musa publicly. فَجُمِعَ So the magicians were assembled for a meeting on a specified day Meaning mid-morning on the day of adornment Which was their festival (laughs) The people were asked Are you all assembled? So we can follow the magicians if they are the winners The question was to encourage the people to gather And anticipate victory So that they could continue in their religion And not follow Musa In verses
1: 39 and 40 Allah says, The people were asked, Are you all assembled? The correct meaning of that verse, and Allah knows best, and therefore the correct translation is as Mahalli will say in the commentary of verse 40. The question was to encourage the people to gather. So the meaning is, The people asked, Will you assemble together? Not that are you already assembled that we're ready This is something that will happen in the future People are being asked will you also come out So you can see the spectacle in public And so that you can support us Against Musa That is the meaning as al mentions. And in verse 40 There is a very important point here That is that they say So we can follow the magicians If they are the winners And they don't say so that we can see Which follows the truth They don't say, let us come out so that we can determine who is upon the truth. They say, let us come out to support our magicians. And that is often the case when you have those types of spectacles. And that is why the scholars of Islam, for example, used to dislike public types of debates in that way. Because most people who come out, come out for the spectacle. Not to see who is upon the truth and to determine and distinguish between what is right and wrong. Most people come for the entertainment factor the spectacle of what's going to happen for what they anticipate in terms of the debate and the rivalry and so on and that is because few of those people are those who are genuinely there to see what is the truth and what is the haqd and Allah knows best
0: When the magicians came they said to Pharaoh will we be rewarded if we are the winners? قَالَ نَعَمْ وَإِنَّكُمْ إِذَا لَّمِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ He said, yes, and in that case you will be among those brought near. After the magician said to him, will you throw or will we be the first to throw? قَالَ لهم موسى القوم أَنْتُمُ مُّلْقُونَ Musa said to them, throw whatever it is you are going to throw. The command implies giving them permission. Allowing them to throw first was a means to manifesting the truth. They threw down their ropes and staffs and said, by the might of Pharaoh, we are the winners But Musa threw down his staff and at once it swallowed up what they had fabricated All their ropes and staffs which had appeared to be moving snakes the magicians threw themselves down prostrating They said we believe in the lord of all the worlds The lord of Musa and Harun, For they knew that what they had witnessed happening with Musa's staff Was not the result of magic He, Pharaoh said Have you believed in him, meaning Musa before I authorized you He is your chief who taught you magic Meaning he taught you some magic And defeated you with other magic Which you did not learn from him But you will soon know what I will do to you I will cut off your alternate hands and feet The right hand and the left foot And I will crucify every one of you they said, We do not care, meaning that will not harm us. We are returning to our Lord in the next world, after we die, no matter how we die. We remain hopeful that our Lord will forgive us our mistakes for being the first of the believers in our time. We revealed to Musa After two years During which he stayed there Calling them to the truth By the signs of Allah Which only increased them in insolence Travel with our slaves Meaning the tribe of Israel By night towards the sea You will certainly be pursued Pharaoh and his armies Will follow you there And I will save you and drown them When he heard that they had set out set out Pharaoh sent marshals into the cities. It is said that there were 1,000 cities and 10,000 towns. They were to marshal the people, saying, These people are a small group, and it is said that there were 670,000, whereas the vanguard of Pharaoh's army was 700,000. So there were few in comparison with Pharaoh's army. These uh,
1: numbers of these commentary in verses 53 and 54 of Surah al-Shu'ara, Allah aj knows best, and these are from the Israeliyat and from those traditions that Allah knows best about their authenticity.
0: <laughs> and we find them irritating in what they do. And we constitute a vigilant, read as hadiun, meaning ready and prepared, and also hadiun, which means alert. And we constitute a vigilant majority. Allah says, We expelled them, meaning Pharaoh and his people, from gardens and springs in their pursuit of Musa and his people. They had gardens beside the Nile, and streams from the Nile ran through their houses. From treasures, apparent wealth of gold and silver, which is called treasure because Allah's right on it had not been paid. And a splendid situation A good assembly for commanders and ministers Surrounded by their followers So it was A reference to the expulsion from Egypt And we bequeathed them to the tribe of Israel After Pharaoh and his people were drowned So they pursued them towards the east Catching them up just as the sun was rising (coughs) And when the two hosts came into sight of one another, Musa's companion said, We will surely be overtaken and do not have sufficient strength to resist them. He, meaning Musa, said, Never, they will not catch us. My Lord is with me to help me, and He will guide me to the path of salvation. فَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ مُوسَىٰ مِعَصَاكَ الْبَحْرِ Allah says, so we reveal to Musa, strike the, sea, strike the sea with your staff. He struck it. And it split in two, revealing twelve paths, each part like a towering cliff. The two sides of the sea towered above them on either side, not wetting the saddle or garment of any rider.
1: In verse 63, Allah says, فَانْفَلَقَ فَكَانَ كُلُّ فِرْقٍ الْعَظِيمِ When Musa عليه السلام strikes the sea, the sea splits into 12 clear paths, each one for one of the tribes of many Israel, of which there are 12. And, and he says, they part like towering cliffs, meaning that the waves stood on either side of those paths, uh, paths as if they were towering mountains and cliffs. And this is what was mentioned by Ibn Abbas and Ibn Mas'ud, amongst others, from amongst the scholars of Tafsir.
0: And we brought the others, meaning Pharaoh and his people, right up to it, so that they could start to follow the paths the tribe of Israel had taken. We rescued Musa and all those who were with him, and they emerged from the sea safely. Then we drowned the rest, meaning Pharaoh and his people. Because the sea came down on them, when they had all entered it, and the tribe of Israel had emerged from it. There is certainly a sign and lesson in that, meaning the drowning of Pharaoh and his people. Yet most of them are not believers in Allah. Exceptions were Asiya, the wife of Pharaoh, and people, the believer of the family of Pharaoh, and Maryam bin Namusi, who had directed people to the greatness of Yusuf. Peace be upon him truly really, your lord is the almighty the most merciful his might was indicated in this instance by his taking revenge on the idolaters by drowning them and his mercy towards the believers by saving them from drowning
1: in verse number 67 as you can see this is a story that Allah mentions then of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's right or what he thought would save him was his own claim to divinity That he thought that there was no one more powerful than him That he was God in and of himself That he had the right to claim that divinity And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says That he didn't care for him And that Allah azza wa destroyed him And all of his armies In verse number 67 The author ta'ala Gives some examples of those who were believers From the people of Pharaoh He says Asiya, yeah, That is well known That is the wife of Pharaoh And Allah azza wa mentions her At the end of surah al-tahreem اللَّهُ مَثَلًا آمَنُوا رأت she is given as one of the examples for the believers The wife of Pharaoh And the other is Hisqil The mu'min of Adi Fir'aun The believer of the people of Pharaoh And that will be mentioned in the Surah Ghafir In the story of Musa السلام, Surah Ghafir. And the scholars differ over his name And Allah knows best because we have no authentic Narration concerning what his name was And the third is Maryam bint Musi, And that is mentioned in a narration In which the scholars differ over its authenticity but it is said that when Musa wanted to leave they were unable the Bani Israel to find a path out so he asked the Bani Israel he gathered them and asked them why is that and he was told because the Prophet Yusuf السلام, who died in Egypt and there's many generations between Musa and, and, and Yusuf the Prophet Yusuf said to us that when he when we leave Bani Israel when we eventually leave Egypt we must take his remains with us and bury him in Baytul Maqdis where his ancestors are in Jerusalem And so That's why we can't leave Because of the pact That we made with him So he said So where is his uh, Where is his His, his tomb where, where can we find His remains They said No one knows Except for An elderly woman Now the hadith mentions it As اسرائيل, An elderly woman Of Bani Israel In which case The mention of her hair From the people of Pharaoh Is incorrect Anyway It is said that She is an extremely elderly woman So Musa Asked her She said I will not tell you I will not inform you until you give me something in return. Musa said to her, what could you possibly want? We're trying to leave. There's an army coming to take us and we need to know. This isn't the time now to start debating. She said, I will not tell you until you guarantee me that I will be with you in Jannah. Musa said, that is not for me to give. So Allah revealed to him that she will have that reward. So she told him and they take take it and, and they leave. And that is why in the hadith, it is said, that a man used to do good to the Prophet, ﷺ, a Bedouin man. And then the Prophet ﷺ said to him, When you come to Medina, come and see me and I will repay your kindness. When the man came back and the Prophet ﷺ asked him, What would you like? The man said, I need money, I need wealth, I need this, I need that. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, Why can't you be like the old woman of Bani Israel? Meaning I've given you an opportunity to ask for anything, ask for Jannah, ask for one of the benefits of the of the next world. And Allah Azza wa knows best and about the authenticity of the hadith, but that is what is being referred to now.
0: Recite to them, meaning the people of Mecca The story of Ibrahim When he said to his father and his people What do you worship? They said we worship idols and will continue to cling to them They clearly stated that what they did in the hope That they would look favorably on them They added their determination to continue doing it as a boast (coughs) قَالَ هَلْ يَسْمَعُونَكُمْ He said, do they hear you when you call? Or do they help you when you worship them? Or do you harm when you do not worship them? They said, no, but this is the same as what we found our fathers doing. He said, have you really thought about what you worship? You and your fathers who came before They are all my enemies and I do not worship them I worship nothing إِلَّا رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ I worship nothing except for the Lord of all the worlds أَلَّذِي خَلَقَنِي فَهُوَ يَهْدِينَ He who created me and guides me to his deen وَالَّذِي هُوَ يُطَعِمُنِي وَيَسْقِينَ He who gives me food and gives me drink وَإِذَا فَهُوَ يَشْفِينَ And when I am ill, it is he who heals me وَالَّذِي يُمِيتُنِي ثُمَّ يُحِيينَ He who will cause my death and give me life
1: And in these verses we also see from the etiquette of the prophets as we mentioned before that when it comes to anything that is positive and good and blessing it is ascribed to Allah and anything that is negative and seen and can be taken in a negative light It is not ascribed to Allah عز In verses 78 to 81 Everything is he, he, he Except for in verse 80 When I am ill And it doesn't say when Allah causes me to be ill When he makes me ill Because illness is not something which is considered to be a positive thing In this general sense And so therefore he ascribes that to himself And that is the only exception to that And that is also from the adab as we said The etiquette of the way that the prophets of Allah عز Referred to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
0: يَوْمَ الدِّينِ He who I sincerely hope will forgive my mistakes on the day of reckoning and repayment. My Lord, give me right judgment, meaning knowledge, and unite me with the righteous, meaning the prophets. فِي الْأَخِرِينَ and make me highly esteemed among the latter people, the later peoples, those who will come after me up until the day of rising. وَجَعَلْنِي مِنْ وَمَرَثَةِ النَّعِيمِ And make me one of the inheritors of the garden of delight among those who are given it. وَغْفِلْنِي أَبِي And forgive my father by turning to him and pardoning him. إِنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الضَّالِّينَ He was one of the misguided. This was before it was clear that he was an enemy of Allah as mentioned in Surah At-Tawbah. And do not disgrace me on the day They are raised up at the resurrection And this is
1: referring to these verses 86 and 87 of Surah Al-Shu'ara This is what we mentioned before Of how Ibrahim Alayhi salam asked Allah that he shouldn't be disgraced And the disgrace that he is referring to on Al-Qiyamah Is that he should see his father Being punished in the fire before him And that's why the hadith in Al-Bukhari The Prophet Ibrahim Alayhi salam Will say to Allah on Al-Qiyamah Oh Allah you promised me that you will not disgrace me on this day and what can be a greater disgrace than for a person to see their father being thrown into the fire and that is when Allah will turn his father into a ram and that ram will be taken by its legs and thrown into the fire to spare him that vision of seeing his father enter into the fire
0: Allah says of it The day when neither wealth nor sons will be of any use or help to anyone Illaman Salim Except to those who come to Allah with sound and flawless hearts, free of hypocrisy and shirk. That is the heart of the believer that will benefit him.
1: And that is the good tafsir. Bi qalbin Salim. They will come with a pure heart. And the heart that is pure is the one that is free of shirk, showing the value and the preciousness of that blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: وَأُزْلِفَتِ الْجَنَّةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ The garden will be brought near to those who are God-fearing And they will see it وَبُرِّزَتِ الْجَحِيمُ للغاوين. The blazing fire will be displayed to the misled Meaning the unbelievers وَقِيلَ لَهُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْبُدُونَ They will be asked, where are those? مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ Idols used to worship besides Allah هَلْ يَنْصُرُونَكُمْ أَوْ يَنْتَصِرُونَ can they help you against the punishment or even help themselves against it? They cannot.
1: In verses 92 and 93, the author, تعالى, or the translator rather, has changed some of the Arabic in terms of the, the verses in order to help with the translation of the verse. Otherwise, the word ta'budun is part of 92. They will be asked, where are those that you worship? Min dunillah, besides Allah. And that is possible in the translation to keep that way and the reason why he's done that is because obviously if you were reading the Quran usually That's not a place that you would stop and end your recitation Because you break up the meaning But in terms of the way that it's written in the Quran In my personal view and Allah knows best It's fine to keep it the way that it is And Allah knows best
0: They will be bundled into, into it head first They and the misled And every one of Iblis' regiments Those who follow him among the men and jinn Arguing in it with one another They, meaning the misled Will say to those they worshipped By Allah we were plainly misguided When we equated you with the Lord of all the worlds In terms of worship It was only the evildoers Referring either to the shaitans Or to those who ruled them And whom they followed Who misguided us from guidance and now we have no one to intercede for us. whereas the believers have the angels, prophets, and other believers. صَدِيقٌ حَمِيمٌ we do not have a single loyal friend who is concerned about us. if only we could have another chance to return to the world, then we would be among the believers. this is this is wishful thinking expressed by them. There is certainly a sign in that which has been mentioned about the story of Ibrahim and his people Yet most of them are not believers Truly your Lord is the Almighty, the Most Merciful The people of Nuh denied the messengers by denying Nuh who had been among them for such a long time That it was as if he was several messengers Or possibly their denial of him was tantamount to denying the rest of the messengers By virtue of the fact that the basis of their message is the same
1: And in verse 105 of Surah Shu'ara, it's the same thing that we mentioned already, we've already covered that. They denied the messengers, because by denying one, we denied them all. And it's not a reference to the longevity of his stay amongst
0: them. When their brother Nuh said to them, Will you not be God-fearing and fear Allah? I am a faithful messenger to you In conveying to you what I was sent with So be fearful of Allah and obey me By doing what I command you to do In terms of affirming Allah's unity And obeying him I do not ask you for any wage For conveying it My wage and reward is the responsibility Of no one but the Lord of all the worlds اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ So be fearful of Allah and obey me This is repeated for stress قَالُوا لَكَ وَاتَّبَعَكَ They said, why should we believe you in what you say When the vilest people, meaning the lowliest Like weavers and shoemakers, follow you Read as وَاتَّبَعَكَ As here and also Meaning your followers are the vilest people
1: In verse 110, Allah عز wa it 's a repetition, and this will happen a number of times in these in the stories that Allah mentions in the Quran and it 's repeated as he says for stress because those are the two paths only for salvation. There is no third to them. The first is that you have taqwa of Allah meaning that you have tawhid of Allah and turn to Allah, and number two that you follow the path of the messenger that Allah sent. To each of those nations, or in our case, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi And the people of Nuh as we mentioned before, their claim to fame if you like, was that they were of noble lineage And that is why what they dislike about Nuh and his followers is their origin Should we follow you, whilst those who follow you are the lowliest of people Al-Arz, al al can be vile and it can be extremely low, meaning that they have no position in our society
0: قَالَ وَمَا عِلْمِي بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ He said, what do I know about what they have been doing? إِنْ حِسَابُهُمْ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ رَبِّي Their reckoning is a concern of my Lord alone And he will repay them If you were, but aware Meaning if you knew that, you would not criticize them وَمَا أَنَا بِطَارِدِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ I am not going to chase away the believers إِنْ أَنَا إِلَّا مُبِينَ I am only a clear warner they said, Noah if you do not insist from what you are saying to us, you will be stoned with rocks or
1: abused. In verse 116, we mentioned this before as well, when uh-huh. it is referred to as being stoned in the Qur'an, some of the scholars said it is by stones, actual stones, rocks, and others said that it refers to cursing him and swearing at him. And both are mentioned in the books of Tafsir, and it is possible that both are being referred to and Allah knows
0: best. قَالَ رَبِّ إن قَوْمِي كَذَّبُونَ He meaning Nuh, said, my lord, my people have denied me وَبَيْنَهُمْ وَمَنْ مَعْيَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ So make a clear judgment between me and them and rescue me and the believers who are with me Allah said So we rescued him and those with him in the loaded ship filled with people, animals and birds ثُمَّ أَغْرَقَنَا Then afterwards we drown the rest After saving the believers from their people إِنَّ فِي ذَٰلِكَ وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ There is certainly a sign in that Yet most of them are not believers وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ الْعَزِيزُ الرَّحِيمُ truly your Lord is the Almighty, the Most Merciful كَذَّبَتْ عَادُ لِلْمُرْسَلِينَ عَاد Denied the messengers إِذْ قَالَ لَهُمْ أَخُوهُمْ هُودٌ أَلَا When their brother Hood said to them Will you not be God-fearing?
1: In verse 123 كَذَّبَتْ عَادُ لِلْمُرْسَلِينَ عَاد Denied all of the messengers And that is why we said Abu Anouh That he refers to By rejecting one messenger You reject them all Because the other Tafseed that was given by mahalli of the long period of stay that islam had with these people doesn't apply to any other Prophet that Allah will mention the same thing about them as well. And so, therefore, the tafsir is by rejecting one Prophet, it's as if you reject all of them.
0: I am a faithful messenger to you. Wa so be fearful of Allah and obey me. I do not ask you for any wage for it My wage is, is the responsibility of no one but the Lord of all the worlds Do you build a tower on every hilltop just to amuse yourselves? Meaning at the expense of those who pass by and to mock at them And construct great fortresses Also said to mean aqueducts Hoping to live forever and when you attack by striking or killing people, attack as tyrants do, without compassion. And these verses
1: 128 onwards of Surah Al Shu'ara is the claim of fame to fame of the people of Ad, the people of Hud, and that is their military might and prowess, and that they would conquer lands, and that they would build fortresses, and that they would build these castles to show their power and dominance upon the land. In verse number uh, in verse number 129 وَتَتَّخِذُونَ مَصَانِعُ And you construct great fortresses And that is one tafsir And the other one is as al Taala mentions That the Masani refer to aqueducts That it was from the, uh, the blessings that Allah gave to them They were able to build in order to power what they needed To keep water running And this is a group of people as we said Who Allah will mention later on as the people of Ahqaf And Ahqaf is the area that they lived in in Yemen That Allah gave them the ability to harness water, to use it for their benefit as
0: well. So be fearful of Allah alone and obey me in what I command you to do. Be fearful of Him who has supplied you with what you know, meaning bestowed His blessings on you. Supplied you with livestock and children and gardens and clear springs I fear for you the punishment of a terrible day, both in this world and the next world, if you disobey me. They said it makes no difference to us to us whether you preach or do not preach and admonish. We will not pay any attention to you. This is only what the previous peoples did Read as خلق and خلق. What you are trying to frighten us with Is only the legends and lies of early, earlier peoples In
1: verse 137 Allah says In إلا Or the other reading is And khuluq means That this is the character of the previous people it Means that you are telling us How people previously behaved And it has nothing to do with us don't tell us how people used to do, often as even today sometimes when we hear the way that we should be in terms of our etiquettes and characteristics as Muslims and we tell people the stories of the Salaf and the old, that is that, that time, that was a different time and a different place and it doesn't apply to us anymore, that's what they're saying, that is a different time and people and place, that is their character or Khalqul Awaleen, it is their stories, these are myths and legends from before.
0: وَمَا no. We are not going to be punished. فَكَذَّبُوهُ so, so they denied him for the punishment and we destroyed them In this world, but they went إِنَّ فِي ذَٰلِكَ وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ There is certainly a sign in that, yet yeah, most of them are not believers وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ الْعَزِيزُ الرَّحِيمُ Truly your Lord is the Almighty, the most merciful كَذَّبَتْ ثَمُودُ الْمُرْسَلِينَ denied the messengers if he said to them اقوم صالح الا تتقون and their brother صالح said to them will you not be god fearing inni lakum rasul ameen i am a faithful messenger to you fattaqullaha wa atihun so be fearful of allah and obey me wa ma as'alukum alayhi min do not ask you for any wage for it in ajri illa ala rabbil alamin my wage is the responsibility of no one but the lord of all the worlds are you going to be left secure amid what is here of oh, blessings في amid gardens and clear springs and cultivate fields and palms with supple spades مِنَ الْجِبَالِ Will you continue hewing houses from the mountains with exultant skill read as Ferihin, meaning exultant and farihin, meaning skillful اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ So be fearful of Allah and obey me. وَلَا تُطِيعُوا أَمْرَ Do not obey the orders of the Prophet. أَلَّذِينَ يُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا Those who corrupt the earth through acts of disobedience. And do not put things right through acts of obedience. قَالُوا إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مِنَ الْمُسَحَّرِينَ They said you are merely someone bewitched greatly so that your intellect is totally overwhelmed by it. You are nothing but a human being like ourselves. So produce a sign if you are telling the truth about your message. He said, Here is a sheikamu. She has a time for drinking, and you have a time for drinking, meaning on specified days.
1: And this is the story, as we mentioned before, and these are stories that we've covered previously in Surah Araf and Surah Hud and elsewhere in the Quran. And that is the people of Thamud, their skill is the blessings that Allah Azza wa Jal gave to them and their ability to use that technology and engineering to build for themselves houses in the sides of mountains and to use what Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la had given to them. So, the sign that they demanded, as Allah Azza wa Jal refers to numerous times in the Quran and will continue to do so in their story, is that they demanded the sign of the she camel. And the she camel would come and would drink their water dry. So, salam said to them, For you is one day of drinking, and for the she camel is one day of drinking. You don't harm it, and they
0: will not harm you. Do not do anything to harm her, or the punishment of a terrible day will come down on you. But they hamstrung her with the consent of others and woke up full of remorse. So the promised punishment did come down on them and so they were destroyed They <laughs> There is certainly a sign in that, yet most of them are not believers Truly <laughs> really your Lord is the Almighty, the most merciful And so Allah Azza
1: wa Jal as you can see in these particular tellings of these stories of the prophets Doesn't really focus on their punishments Elsewhere in the Quran Allah speaks about their punishment and how they were destroyed. The focus in this surah, Allah knows best, seems to be more about Their blessings that they had, that they thought would save them That didn't save them when they were devoid of taqwa And iman and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And when they rejected their messengers
0: <coughs> The people of Lot denied the messengers <coughs> When their brother Lut said to them Would you not be God-fearing? إِنِّي لَكُمْ رَسُولٌ أَمِينَ I am a faithful messenger to you فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ So be fearful of Allah and obey me وَمَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَجُرُ I do not ask you for any wage for it إِنْ أَجْرِهَ إِلَّا عَلَى رَبِّ الْعَادَمِينَ My wage is the responsibility of no one but the Lord of all the worlds أَتَأْتُونَ الذُّكْرَانَ مِنَ الْعَادَمِينَ Of all beings do you lie with males? Leaving the wives Ceasing to have sexual intercourse with women Allah has created for you You are a people who have overstepped the limits Meaning you have left what is lawful for what is unlawful They said If you do not desist and stop objecting to us You will be expelled from our land قَالَ إِنِّي لِعَمَلِكُم مِّنَ الْقَالِينَ He, Luke, said I am someone who detests the deeds you perpetrate وَأَهْلِي مِمَّا يَعْمَلُونَ My lord, rescue me and my family from the punishment for what they are doing فَنَجَّيْنَاهُ وَأَهْلَهُ أَجْمَعِينَ Therefore, we rescued him and all his family إِلَّا عَجُوزًا فِي الْغَابِرِينَ Except for an old woman, meaning his wife, who remained behind, with those we destroyed. Then we utterly destroyed the rest. And made a rain of stones come pouring down upon them. How evil is the rain of those who are warned! إن في ذلك وما كان أكثرهم certainly a sign in that. Yet most of them are not believers. وإن ربك العزيز Rahim your Lord is the Almighty, the Most Merciful. كذب أصحاب الأيكة The companions of the thicket read as and Al referring to a thicket of trees close to Median Denied the messengers. إذ قال لهم شعيب ألا When Shuayb said to them, it does not say their brother in this instance because he was not one of their tribe. Will you not be God-fearing؟ رسول I am a faithful messenger to you. فاتقوا الله So be fearful of Allah and obey me. وَمَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَجُلُ I do not ask you for any wage for it. إِنْ أَجْرِيَ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ My wage is the responsibility of no one but the Lord of all the worlds.
1: In verses 176 and 177, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala moves on to the story of the Prophet Shu'eeb. عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ But other than, unlike elsewhere in the Qur'an when Allah عز refers to them as the people of Madian وَإِلَىٰ مَدْيَنَ أَخَاهُمْ شُعِيبًا to Maddin, we sent to them their brother Shu'aib Allah this time refers to a uh, people by the name of Ashab al or ليكا. and al aika is a group of trees or a specific tree the people of the tree of the thicket disbelieved in the messengers if qala lahum when Shu'aib said to them and in all of the previous stories so far of Lot and Hud and Salih and Nuh والسلام, Allah always says that he sent to them their brother Noah. Their brother Hu, Their brother Salih Their brother Lut Here Allah Azza wa says He just sent to them Shuayb, And that is because As you can see The country of al Mahalli Rahimahullah There is a difference of opinion That exists amongst the scholars Of Tafsir. The from them As al Mahalli seems to choose himself Are those who said that Al-Aika Is a different tribe to Madian It is two different places So Madian is where Shuayb was from And that is why in the Quran When Madian is mentioned Allah says their brother Shuayb. Because that's where he's from. And Al-Ayka or Layka was an area that was close by. But it was a different group of people. So when Allah refers to them as he does here, he doesn't say to them that he is your brother. Because he wasn't from them. But rather he was a messenger who went to them. And that is why he says in his commentary of verse 176, <laughs> referring to a thicket of trees, a place, meaning an area, close to madian Meaning that it is not madian That is one approach amongst the scholars of tafsir. The other approach of this Khalid of tafsir is that they are one and the same. Madian and al Aikah are one and the same. So therefore the question that arises, why doesn't Allah Azza wa Jal refer to them as the brother, as Shu'ib? Why doesn't Allah refer to Shu'ib as being their brother in this instance? And as even Kathir Rahim Allah Ta'ala and others mention, the reason is that Allah knows best is because the Aikah is something that they would also worship besides Allah. So because it is referring to their shirk, Shu'ib is not their brother in that regard. He is their brother in terms of their tribe and their land. So when madian is referred to, he is their brother, just as Hud is with Aad and Salih is with Thamud and so on. But when it's referring to their shirk, he is not their brother in that regard. So therefore Allah doesn't say he is their brother, because he was never their brother in that regard of shirk. And Allah Azzawajal knows best
0: give full measure do not skimp by giving short measure weigh with the level balance do not diminish people's goods by giving people less than their full due, and do not go about the earth corrupting it by killing and other disruptive actions وَاتَّقُوا الَّذِي الْأَوَّلِينَ Be fearful of him who created you and the earlier creatures قَالُوا إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مِنَ الْمُسَحَّرِينَ They said you are merely someone bewitched You are nothing but a human being like ourselves We think you are a liar فَأَسْقِطَ عَلَيْنَا مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ إِن كُنْتَ مِّنَ الصَّادِقِينَ So make lumps read as kisaf and kisf from heaven fall down on us if you're telling the truth meaning about your message He said my lord knows best what you are doing and he will repay you they denied him and the punishment of the day of shadow came down on them This refers to a cloud which shaded them after a terrible heat had afflicted them And then and then rained down fire on them and they were burnt up <laughs> It was indeed the punishment of a terrible day In these verses
1: 187 to 189 of Surah Al-Shu'ara Allah Azza wa gives us something extra that he doesn't mention in the story of Sha'ib Alayhi elsewhere in the Quran And that is the demand that lumps or pieces of the sky should fall upon them in their haughtiness, in their arrogance, and in their rejection of their Prophet, this is the demand that they make. That parts and loves and pieces of the heaven fall down upon us if you are truthful. And as we mentioned elsewhere in the Quran, Allah mentions that the people of Shu'aib were destroyed by the Rajfa, which is the earthquake, and by the Sayha, which is the scream and the blast from heaven. And this is a third punishment according to a number of the scholars of tafsir, as you can see and Mahdi mentioned as well. And that is Allah responded to their request that pieces of the heavens fall upon them by giving them the yawm al-dhulla The day of shadow means that they were covered with shadows and things fell upon them from the sky. And Allah knows best what they were, stones or other things that they fell upon them in their destruction. So some people were destroyed in a single way as we can see in the Qur'an and other nations were destroyed in a variety of ways in a number of punishments that descended upon them and these, and from them are the people of Shu'ib alayhi
0: salam There is certainly a sign in that yet most of them are not believers Truly your Lord is the Almighty, the Most Merciful وَإِنَّهُمْ لَتَنْزِينُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Truly it, meaning the Quran, is revelation sent down by the Lord of all the worlds. نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينُ The faithful Rūḥ, read as الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينُ and الرُّوحَ الْأَمِينَ, meaning Jibrīl, brought it down. Read as نَزَلَ and also نَزَلَ, in which case the meaning becomes he sent down the faithful Rūḥ with it. عَلَى قَلْبِكَ لِتَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُنذِرِينَ To your heart, so you'd be one of the warners. بلسان عربي مبين in a clear Arabic tongue It's clearly referring to the Quran which revealed to Muhammad is certainly in the scriptures of the previous people such as the Torah and the Gospel So
1: in these verses after Allah has mentioned all of these previous nations and how Allah discarded them and punished them despite what they thought would be their means of salvation Allah turns to the Prophet and the companions and this Ummah and they are the ones that Allah has favored As well as the believers of those past nations Because in their hearts they had iman And they believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In verse 196 Allah says Zuburil The mention of the Qur'an is in previous scriptures And we mentioned this in a previous verse wa laqad katabna We said in the other reading was a zubur So the word Zabur can refer to the Psalms of Dawood alayhi salam Which is often what it refers to in the context of when it is mentioned in that Prophet السلام, and speaking about Dawood, Alayhi salam and in other places, it refers to all the previous scriptures. Because a Zubur is anything that is revealed in terms of divine scripture. And so it refers to the Psalms and it refers to the Torah and it refers to the Injil and others.
0: Now. <laughs> Is it read as yakun and Tekun, not indeed a sign for them, meaning the unbelievers of Mecca, that the scholars of the tribe of Israel, such as Abdullah ibn Salam and his companions who believed in Islam, had knowledge of it? They told people about it.
1: And also included in 197, Abdullah ibn Salam عنه, is an example. And also an example is Salman in Farsi, عنه, who traveled from Persia and was then guided by the monks that he met on his journey to go to Medina, where he would find someone who was calling to Allah, who would come as the final
0: messenger. If we had sent it down to a non-Arab, who had then recited it to them, meaning the unbelievers of Mecca, they still would not believe in it.
1: And this is from the miracles of the Quran, verses 198 and 199 of the, the Surah sort of Al-Shu'ara. Allah Jal says in the Quran If there were to be non-Arabs who would recite the Quran and they were to recite it to you, you would still not believe. And that is because as we know the Quran is unique and a miracle in its memorization and reading. That a person who doesn't understand a single word of Arabic, in fact a person who maybe won't be illiterate otherwise, can't read and can't write, can still proficiently recite the Quran. And they can read the Qur'an well without knowing and understanding a single word. And then there are people who don't understand a single word of Arabic and they have memorized the Qur'an from cover to cover. And as Allah says in Surah Al-Qamar وَلَقَدْ الْقُرْآنَ فَهَلْ We have made the Qur'an easy as a reminder, so is there anyone who will be reminded. And so Allah Azza that is from the miraculous nature of the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it to people in such a way that across the world, irrespective of people's background okay. and their level of education and everything else, people can proficiently recite and memorize the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: <coughs> that is how we thread it, your claim that it comes from a non-Arab, into the hearts of the evildoers, meaning the unbelievers of Mecca.
1: And that is one tafsir, <coughs> That is how we thread it, meaning your claim that it comes from a non-Arab. But what other scholars say and the majority say is one of two things. That we thread it, meaning your denial of it. As mentioned by Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah Ta'ala كَذَلِكَ is how we threaded it, meaning the denial of guidance in the hearts of the disbelievers. And the other one is that we threaded it, meaning the Qur'an in the hearts of the disbelievers as chosen by Shaykh Muhammad al-Amin al-Shaqiti meaning that despite them denying the Qur'an, the Qur'an will still penetrate their hearts. As we know amongst the Arabs, they will still hear it and they would be amazed by it, by its eloquence and by its reckless nature. It would still be threaded within it despite their rejection and their attempts to stay away from it. And that is from also the miracle of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah knows best.
0: This sort of thing entered their hearts when the Prophet (laughs) recited the Quran. (laughs) They will not believe in it until they see the painful punishment. It will come upon them suddenly when they are not expecting it. They will say, Can we be granted a reprieve to give us time to believe? The answer will be no. They say, when is this punishment coming? Allah says to them, do they want to hasten our punishment? Tell me, do you think if we let them enjoy themselves for years? And then what they were promised in terms of punishment comes to them. That that which they, that what they enjoyed will be of any use to them, in terms of repelling the punishment or lightening it. This means that nothing will be of any use. We have never destroyed a city without giving it prior warning, meaning sending a messenger to warn its inhabitants. call as a reminder and warning to them. we were never unjust because we have only ever destroyed people after warning them first. Verse 210 Then Allah reveals in order to refute the idolaters be تَنَزَّلَتْ الشياطين, The shaytans did not bring it Meaning the Qur'an dam. It does not befit them And they are not capable of it زولون, They are debarred from hearing it Meaning prevented from hearing the words of the angels by meteors So do not call on any other God along with Allah or you will be among those who will be punished if you do what they invite you to do وَأَنذِرْ Warn your near relatives This refers to the Banu Hashim and Banu Al-Muttalib as is reported in al Bukhari and muslim He called them openly In verse 214 This is the verse by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then commanded the Prophet sallallahu alayhi
1: to begin Openly calling the Quraysh to Islam, and that he should begin with his close relatives from amongst them, and that is why the narration of Sahih Muslim, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, stood amongst the Quraysh, and he called them by name, and he said, O oh, people of Quraysh, O oh, tribe of Banu Kaab, O oh, tribe of Banu Abd Manaf, Banu Muttalib, Banu Hashim, and he called them by name, and he called even his own daughter Fatima. Oh Fatima, daughter of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa If you do not believe That I can do nothing for you in front of Allah Azza wa azzawajal And from this also is the same as the hadith of Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhu man al-Bukhari When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gathered the Quraysh that first time And he said to them That if I was to warn you of an incoming impending army Would you believe me? And they said we've never heard you lie about anything before So he said so then I am a plain warner before the coming of before the coming of Allah's punishment, فَإِنِّي نَذِيرٌ لَكُمْ بين يدي عَذَابٍ شَدِيدٍ. I am a clear warning to you before the coming of a pain of a pain punishment. So Abu Lahab, the uncle of the Prophet stood up and he said, جَمَعَتْنَا تَبْلَنَكَ May you be perished. Is this why you gathered us? This is why you told us to come. That's what you have. And that is when Allah Azza wa then revealed as we know the verses or the surah of Lahab Tabbat yada, Abi lahabim watab May the two hands of Abu Lahab be perished and may he perish as well And that is in regards to what Allah Azza wa commanded the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi to do And so now the da'wah became open And the Prophet Sallallahu clearly started calling people to Islam Whereas before he would call people individually Khadija, Ali, Abu Bakr, Anhum and others
0: and take the believers who follow you under your wing. Be gentle to those who affirm Allah's unity. If they, meaning your tribe, disobey you, say, I am free of what you do, meaning from your worship of other than Allah. Put your trust, read as, Put your trust in the Almighty The Most Merciful Entrust all your affairs to Him He who sees you when you stand up to pray And your movements with those who prostrate Meaning those who pray This refers to the core elements of the prayer Standing, sitting, bowing and prostrating He is the all-hearing, the all-knowing Shall I tell you Meaning unbelievers of Mecca Upon whom the shaytans descend They descend on every evil liar Every impious liar Such as Musaylama and other soothsayers They, meaning the shayateen, give them, the suit says, a hearing, telling them what they heard from the angels, and most of them are liars, adding many lies to what they heard. This was before the shayateen were barred from the heavens. And as for poets, it is the misled who follow them in their poetry, repeating it and relating it from them, and so they are also blameworthy. (laughs) Do you not see how they ramble on in every style Literally in every valley Which here means every style and form of speech They proceed and exceed the limits The eulogies and satires And say things which they do not do Such as we have done such and such When they have not and so they are lying إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَذَكَرُوا الله كثيرا Except those poets who believe and do right actions and remember Allah repeatedly, so that their poetry does not distract them from remembering Allah. And defend themselves by using satire themselves after they have been wronged by the unbelievers, satirizing them as believers. They are not blameworthy then. Allah says, Allah does not like evil words to be voiced out loud, except in the case of someone who has been wronged. He also says, So if anyone oversteps an limits against you, overstep against him the same as he did to you. Those poets and others who do wrong will soon know the kind of reversal they will receive and where they will return to after they die. In
1: these verses at the end of Surah Al-Shu'ara from verses 224 onwards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the situation of the poets, And it is after these verses that the Surah is named, the Surah of the poets, the shuara And Allah Azza wa divides those poets into two. The first of them are those who lie and in their lyrics they speak untruth and they say that which they don't do and they quote to things which are not virtuous and correct and noble and that is many of the people who are engaged in poetry and you can add to that nasheed and everything else. Poetry in which a person goes to extremes about something, in, uh, poetry in which their words are frivolous, poetry in which they don't call to anything which is noble and good. And that is why people who are in that field have a great responsibility on their shoulders because people take their words, their words resonate with them, they remember them, they often memorize them, sometimes better than they can, and easily, more easily than they can memorize the Quran. And so it is important that what they call to, is something which is beneficial And that is why Allah Azza wa in the last verse Verse 227 makes the exception Except those who believe And do righteous deeds And they remember Allah often Because if they have those virtues Then they will only call to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with And their words will be measured Meaning that they don't go to extreme And they're very clearly And very carefully thought out And that is what you find in the poetry Of the early scholars Be it the Islamic poetry in terms of knowledge and sciences or be it even their general poetry it is extremely precise the words that they use and they choose because of the responsibility that Allah has placed in their upon their shoulders and no doubt in poetry there is benefit if it is done in the correct way as the Prophet Sallallahu said Inna indeed in poetry there is wisdom and the Prophet Sallallahu used to like to hear poetry that was good and from amongst the companions as we know that was earmarked out for this And stood out for this Was Al-Hassan Hassan ibn Thabit Radiyallahu An. Al-Hassan Was a companion That the Prophet ﷺ Would ask to speak And to return The poetry of the disbelievers With poetry of Iman So that he could defend Allah And the Quran And the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ Said to him As is mentioned The Hadith Ibn Azib Radiyallahu anhu bukhari And Muslim The Prophet ﷺ Said to Hassan Radiyallahu anhu Uhudhuhum Wajibreedu ma'akk Replying to their poetry, and Jibreel is with you, السلام, showing that Allah Azza wa Jalla would support him in his words, and that is a way of defending Islam, and it's a way of calling people to what is good, because sometimes through poetry and those words, people are brought back to the way and the path of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But so long as it stays away from everything in which there are problems or which go against the rulings of Islam, and Allah knows best.
0: Salatul naml the ant. This surah is Meccan. It has 93, 94 and ninety-five ayat and was sent down after Surah
1: to So this is the twenty-seventh surah of the Quran, Surah to naml known as the Surah of the Ant. And that is the name that it is known by in the books of Quran and Tafsir, And it is so named because in a in, in towards the opening passage or at the very towards the beginning of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will mention the incident of the ant and the colony of ants and the Prophet Sulaiman Ali salam And this is the story or the surah of the Quran That speaks most extensively About the story of this great Prophet of Allah جل, the Prophet Sulaiman Alayhi Salatu was Salam And the many blessings and favors That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon him It is a Makki surah In the opinion of all of the scholars of Tafsir, As Imam al-Qurtubi Rahimahullah ta'ala states And it is 93 verses In our reading of the Mushafi It is 93 verses
0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Allah knows best what the letters mean. those ayat are the signs of the Qur'an and a clear book, which makes the truth clear from falsehood. it is guidance from misguidance and good news of the garden for the believers. bil hum those who establish the prayer, as is obligatory, and pay zakat, as is obligatory, and are certain about the next world, and know by deduction that there is a hereafter. The pronoun they is repeated to distinguish the reports. <speaking in Hebrew> as for those who do not believe in the next world, we have made their ugly actions, instigated by their lower appetites, appear good to them. And they wonder about blindly, confused about them, because they consider them good, whereas Allah does not. Such people will receive an evil punishment, and the worst of it in this world is killing and capture. And will be the greatest losers in the next world, where they will be eternally in the fire. You receive the Quran directly, taking it firmly from one who is all wise, all knowing. This is addressed to the Prophet <muching and singing> Remember when Musa said to his household, meaning to his wife, while he was traveling from Medina to Egypt, I can make out a fire in the distance. I will bring you news from him about the route because he was lost, or at least a burning brand, read as, Shiha bin Qabasin and Shiha with which to light a fire so that perhaps you will be able to warm yourselves.
1: In verse number 7, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this part of the story of Musa and this will come in more detail in Surah al Qasas. And that is that after Musa Ali Islam spends the 10 odd years that he spent in Medyan, he decides to leave with his family, with his wife, and to return to Egypt. And as he is returning, they are in the middle of the night and they are lost. So he sees a fire upon the mountain. So he says, let me go and speak to the people because he thinks that it will be a group of people that have lit a campfire. I will go and speak to them and take news from them, meaning that I will ask them for directions and guidance, or at the very least, I can take a torch, a Brand of fire from them That can light our way no. And the two readings are Shihabin Qabas And Shihabi Qabas One with the Tanmeen Shihabin And one with Bila Tanmeen
0: Shihab But when we reached it A voice called out to him Blessed be Meaning may Allah bless Whoever Referring to Musa Is in the fire And whoever Referring to angels is around it Or else it means the angels who are in the fire And Musa who is beside it Glory be to Allah The Lord of all the worlds These words are part of what was called out It means that Allah is exalted above Having any equal
1: And this tafsir that we have in verse number 8 Either of them, both of them are The same essentially that one is referring to Musa alayhi salam in the fire Meaning in front of the fire Woman, حولها And around the fire refers to the angels And Shaykh Ibn Al-Athaymin ta'ala Chose the first That it is Musa in the fire and the angels around it Another said it is the opposite And Allah knows best.
0: Ya Musa, I am Allah, the Almighty, the All-Wise Wa Throw down your staff then, when he saw it moving and slithering like a snake, he turned and fled and did not turn back again. Allah said, Ya Musa, la Have no fear, Musa. In my presence, the messengers have no fear of snakes or anything else. إِلَّا مَنْ ثُمَّ بَدَّنَ حُسْنًا بَعْدَ سُوءٍ Except for one who did wrong and then repented and changed evil into good For I am ever forgiving, most merciful Meaning accept repentance and forgive wrong actions Put your hand inside your shirt front It will emerge pure white Rather than its normal brownish color Pure white with a luminescence, luminescence with dazzled, Which dazzled the eyes Yet quite unharmed <speaking in foreign language> One of nine signs with which, we have, with, with which he was sent to Pharaoh and his people <speaking in foreign language> They are a people of deviators
1: in verse number 12, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that he gave to Musa alayhi salam nine signs. fi tis'i ayat, out of one of nine signs. And the scholars of tafsir differ as to which nine signs are being referred to. Because Musa alayhi salam receives more than nine signs. He has the staff, he has the white hand, he has then the signs that will be sent to Pharaoh of the frogs and the locusts and those insects and the rivers turning to blood. He has from the signs the floods, which is number seven. Then he has him striking the rock, and it coming out into uh, the different streams for springs for Beni Israel. Then he has him striking the uh, the ocean, then the ocean splitting, and so on. And then the dua that he makes that Allah takes away from uh, from Pharaoh and his people their wealth. So he has like eleven or twelve signs that are mentioned in the Quran if you bring them all together. Which nine of those signs is being referred to? That is where the scholars of Tafsir differ. Which of the nine signs is being referred to? And I think Imam al Ta'ala says it is the nine signs that don't include them being saved. So anything that happens from them being saved onwards, which includes the striking of the sea and the splitting of the seas and so on, that is not included. It is the nine signs that lead up to that point that he says are the nine that are being referred to. And Allah Azzawajal knows best.
0: فَلَمَّا جَاءَتْهُمْ آيَاتُنَا مُبِصِرَةً قَالُوا When our signs came to them, in all their luminous clarity, they said, This is only downright magic. وَجَحَدُوا بِهَا أَنفُسُهُمْ ظُلْمًا And they repudiated and denied them wrongly and haughtily, in spite of their own certainty about them, that the signs were from Allah. They were too proud to believe in what Musa had brought. See Muhammad وسلم, The final fate meaning destruction of the corruptors We gave knowledge to Dawood and Suleyman Son of Dawood Knowledge of judgment, of the speech of the birds And many other things Who said to thank Allah Praise be to Allah who has favoured us with Prophethood and Mastery over the jinn, men and shaytans over many of his slaves who are believers.
1: And so we come on to the story of Dawood and Sulaiman alayhi and the story of the story that we mentioned in detail here is the story of the son, Sulaiman alayhi salam. And we've already alluded to previously the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises the Prophet Dawood for his worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his gratitude. And Allah Azza wa Jal will mention and is mentioned elsewhere but will mention here as well the many favors and blessings upon which he bestowed that he bestowed upon these two prophets of Allah and how they in turn worshipped Allah and were grateful to Allah and remembered Allah and were from the most worshipful of his servants subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the Prophet told us وسلم, that the Prophet Dawood would spend a good portion of every night awake in prayer. And he would fast one day and he would break the fast another day. And he would spend his days and nights reading the psalms, the Zabur that Allah had revealed to him. Or if it wasn't him worshipping Allah directly, it would be someone in the household of Dawood, and that's what Allah Azza wa Jal will say in, uh, in another surah in the Quran I think it's surah Saba. ala Dawood al-shukra Work or family of Dawood In gratitude to your Lord And that is because the family of Dawood Is one that shows gratitude to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala For the many blessings that he gave And this is an example for us And for those that have Allah's many blessings upon them That they should be people who are grateful to Allah and turn to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings and they will show you in this story that Sulaiman turns to Allah in even the smallest and slightest of those blessings thanking him and showing gratitude
0: Sulaiman was, was uh, in respect to prophethood and knowledge to the exclusion of the rest of his children He said, Mankind, we have been taught the speech of birds and understanding of them And we have been given everything That prophets and kings are given This is indeed a manifest blessing Sulaiman's so troops made up of jinn and men and birds Were assembled for him Paraded in tight ranks Ready to march
2: and that is from the greatest blessings that Allah Azzawajal gave to this Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam, His ability to command the jinn and the humans
1: and the animal world and the birds. That he would have them all making up the ranks of his army. And that he would use them in the manner that he saw fit Aleyhis Salat And that is from the mercy that Allah Azzawajal bestowed upon him and the miracle that was unique to him Alayhi Salaam. And that is why, as we mentioned, I think previously in the hadith of the Prophet, ﷺ, that the Prophet ﷺ said that I was approached by a jinn in my salah. And I would have tied him, up, I tied him up to one of the pillars of the masjid so that the children of Medina could have played with him, meaning seen him, for their amusement, were it not that I remembered the dua of my brother Sulaiman Rabbi Habli Mulkan min ba'di which is the dua that will be mentioned in Surah Sa'ad. That Sulaiman alayhi salam said, Oh Allah, bestow upon me a kingdom that you will not grant to anyone who comes after me. He says, I remember the dua of my brother Sulaiman, so I let it go. And so therefore this is from the many great blessings that Allah azzawajal bestowed upon Sulaiman alayhi salatu Then
0: when they reached the valley of the ants, a place either at Ta'if or in Syria, and <laughs> ants, the queen of the ants, when she saw Suleiman's armies said, Ants, enter your dwellings, so that Sulaiman and his troops do not crush you unwittingly. The form of direct speech used for intelligent beings is employed because the ant commanded them to do what those with Sentients are commanded to do in verse number
1: 18. Allah Azzawajal mentions the story of the ants after which the surah is named And that is that the Prophet Sulaiman is traveling with his vast army and they come across a colony of ants and The scholars differ was it in a sham or was it in a taif or was it elsewhere and Allah Azzawajal knows best There is no authentic hadith regarding that But what Allah Azzawajal says is that Sulaiman heard had and understood the conversation of the ants and the conversation of the ants is amongst themselves, not between Sulaiman and the ants. But rather he overhears the conversation between the ants. And Allah Azzawajal will show how much gratitude he had. This is a Prophet that could speak to birds, could speak to animals, could command the jinn. And the example that Allah Azzawajal chooses to give to us is from the smallest of insects that he had from. And one of the lessons that we take from that is that if this is how grateful Sulaiman Sallam was for the smallest of those blessings, then, what about the greater of those blessings? And so, Allah is showing you by way of example that if this is the minimum amount, then you can imagine how much more He would do for the greater blessings that Allah bestowed upon Him. Because the ant is the smallest of Allah's creatures, and it is one of the weakest of Allah's creatures. And so, the ant, when it sees, the queen ant, when it sees this impending army with all of its number and all of its mass, it says to the other ants in the colony, Go into your burrows, seek shelter. Otherwise, this army will trample upon you and they won't even realize. Just as when you walk outside on the road or in your garden and you step on an ant, you don't realize that you step on an ant because it is so small and so weak that your foot doesn't even register, your senses don't even register that you have crushed that ant and killed it. And so, the ant is saying that we will all be destroyed. These animals and these humans and these gen will trample upon us and no one will be any the wiser because that is how small we are. So save yourselves and seek shelter and that is what Sulayman alayhi salam hears and then he realizes and understands from that as an example of how great Allah's blessings are upon him. Just as for many of us, we have so many of Allah's blessings, the smallest of them if you were to count, which one of them would you give up? Which one of Allah's blessings in your body, with your family, in your wealth, are you able to say, I don't have no need of, oh Allah take it away from me, I don't need that anymore. That is from Allah's great blessings upon us all. And Allah Azza wa gives that in the example of this Prophet.
0: He, meaning Sulaiman, smiled when he heard it at a distance of three miles because the wind had carried its voice, laughing at its words and halting his army both cavalry and infantry said my lord inspire me and keep me thankful for the blessing you have bestowed on me and on my parents keep me acting rightly pleasing you and admit me by your mercy among your slaves who are righteous the prophets and awliya and this is from
1: the beautiful du'as of the quran that the Prophet Sulaiman, السلام, when he sees Allah's blessings upon him, he turns to Allah in giving thanks to him and making shukr and then making dua. And that is from the greatest ways of, of of showing gratitude to Allah's blessings. That number one, you thank Allah for them, and number two, you make dua. That Allah keeps them for you and that Allah increases them. He says, Rabbi awzi'ni. O Allah, give me the ability, inspire me. Because even the act of making shukr to Allah is from Allah Azzawajal. It is a blessing from Allah in and of itself. And Sulaiman A.S. acknowledges that. He doesn't say, Oh Allah, I thank you. He says, Oh Allah, give me the ability, inspire me, allow me to thank you. Because the process of shukr in and of itself is from the blessings of Allah Azzawajal as well. And then he says, The blessings that you bestowed upon me and my parents before me. And that is him acknowledging that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he bestows his blessings upon any one of us It is an extension of the blessings that he bestowed on our parents before us And their parents before them And we are an accumulation of all of those blessings that Allah gave to them for many many generations And only Allah knows how he favored our parents and their parents and their parents before them Many of us for example who are born Muslim We don't know where that chain of Islam started from, how far back we have to go into our ancestry when we see the first amongst them who became Muslim. Only Allah knows. That is from Allah's blessings that he bestows upon us and our parents before us. And so the Prophet Sulaiman acknowledges this, that yes, Allah blessed him, but Allah blessed his father Dawood before him and his parents before him. And how many generations back does that go? So keep me doing good acts, righteous acts, because what is the benefit of Allah's blessings other than that you use them in a way that is pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jalla and enter me through your mercy amongst the company of the righteous.
0: He inspected the birds and said, "How is it that I do not see the hoopoe? The hoopoe can see water under the earth and directs people to it by pecking at the earth where it is." Then the shaytans could dig and bring it out when Sulaiman needed it for the prayer. When he could not see it, he said this, kana min Or is it absent without leave?
1: And this is another extension of the story, another of the blessings of Allah upon the Prophet Sulaiman alayhi Sallam, And that is that he's looking for the Hudhud. And some of the scholars said that Sulaiman alayhi salam only misses the Hudhud because he, it was his practice that he would keep an eye upon his troops. And he would take account of them, make sure that they were all present and ready And so as he's looking at them and taking count of them, he misses the bird, the Hudhud And the Hudhud is an extremely small bird, it is smaller than a pigeon Even Al Qayyim gives the other interpretation that we have here in the Tafsir And that is that the Hudhud is a bird that Suleyman was sent ahead of the army To look for water, because it has the ability to realize where water is and so that's what he would do. He would go ahead and look for the water. And so when he says, "I am absent" or the hoopie is absent, it's not there. He means that it's looking. That he's looking for the bird, and it's yet to return. And
0: Allah knows best. <laughs> When he, re- when he realized It actually was absent He said I will certainly punish it More severely by plucking, by plucking out Its feathers and tail And then placing it in the sun So that it will not be able To defend itself Against vermin Or slaughter it By cutting its throat If it does not bring me Clear authority Meaning evidence To support its excuse For being absent
1: And the commentary of verse 21 <coughs> Is from the Isra'een yet And Allah Azzawajan knows best But it's not from the way Of the prophets That they would Torture animals in that way But rather what it's referring to Is that he has to have A good excuse The bird has to have a very good excuse for being absent for that period of time without the permission of Sulaiman
0: Alayhi <laughs> 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 however it was not long delayed read as makatha and makutha it was only a little late and came home to Sulaiman raising its head and dropping its tail and wings he excused it and asked about what what had occurred while it was absent فَقَالَ بِمَا لَمْ تُحِقَ بِهِ مِن سَبَئٍ يَقِينَ And then it said, I have comprehended something which you have not And bring you accurate intelligence from Sheba, Sabah The name of a tribe in Yemen named after their founding ancestor
1: And that is the position of many of the scholars of Tafseer in verse 22 That Sabah is not the name of a person And often we use the name Sabah uh, To think that it refers to the name of the queen it is the name of the tribe that is named after a man It is said that there was a man And the, 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 the people of Sabah are in Yemen The people of Sabah are a people of Yemen And their leaders are in Yemen And Allah Azzawajal names the Surah after Sabah Surah Sabah And it said that there was a king who had a number of children And from them was one called Sabah Who went and settled in, in the area of Yemen And from his dynasty there came a number of kings So Sabah refers to that area, that tribe, that nation Who is named after a man and it's not the name of the queen The name of the queen as is mentioned in the books of Tafsir, It is said is Bilqis As the author will shortly
0: mention yeah. I found a woman ruling over them A queen named Bilqis Who has been given everything That a sovereign needs in terms of accoutrements and other things she possesses a mighty throne Her throne was 80 cubits tall and 40 cubits wide It was raised up 30 cubits And made of gold and silver adorned with pearls, rubies, green topaz and emeralds Its legs were made of red rubies, green topaz and emerald There were 7 anterooms leading up to it Each with a locked door And
1: again this is many of what you will find in the story of Sulaiman alayhi salam Is from the Israelite traditions And it is one of the stories of the Quran that is full of those traditions and Allah knows best but there is no authentic hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that says that this was the description of her throne but Allah does say that it was a grand throne she has a grand throne and so therefore it is something which is grand but Allah knows best in terms of its details and its makeup and what jewelry or what jewels and precious stones it had Allah knows best concerning those details
0: I found both her and her people prostrating to the sun instead of Allah وَزَيَّنَ Shaytan has made their actions seem good to them and he bought them from the way of truth so they are not guided and so the
1: whole says to Sulaiman that on my travels I came across this kingdom and this kingdom is ruled by a woman by a queen and she has this amazing throne that I saw But there are people who are Magians They worship the sun besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what I found amongst
0: them And do not frustrate to Allah Who brings out what is hidden Of the rain and plants In the heavens and the earth And knows what you conceal in your hearts And what you divulge on your tongue Allah la ilaha illa there is no God but him the Lord of the mighty throne the throne of the Unmasfal is incom- incomparably greater than the throne of Bilqis
1: and there is a good tafsir Allah عز wa says that his throne is far greater than the throne of any king any queen irrespective of what people think of the possessions that they have what Allah possesses will always be far greater
0: he, meaning Sulaiman, said to the hoopo, We shall soon see if you have told the truth or are a liar. The hoopo showed them where some water was, and they drank and performed wudu and prayed. Then Sulaiman wrote a letter which said from the slave of Allah, Sulaiman, son of Dawood to Bilqis, the queen of Sheba. In the name of Allah, the All-Merciful, Most Merciful. Peace be upon whoever follows true guidance. Following on from that, do not rise up against me, but come to me in submission.
1: And Allah knows best concerning again that tradition.
0: Then he sealed the letter, verse 28, then he sealed the letter with musk and with his seal and said to the hubo إِذْهَبْ بِكِتَابِ هَذَا إِلَيْهِمْ ثُمَّ عَنْهُمْ مَاذَا Take this letter of mine and deliver it to them, meaning Bilqis and her people, and then withdraw from them a little, meaning for a short time, and see how they respond. It took the letter and brought it to her while her armies were around her, guarding her It delivered the letter, casting it right into her room When she saw it, she trembled and was overcome by fear Then she read what it contained <speaking in Hebrew> She said, Council of Nobles, a noble letter, one which has been sealed, has been delivered to me إِنَّهُ مِنْ سُلَيْمَانَ وَإِنَّهُ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ it is from Sulaiman and says in the name of Allah, all merciful, most merciful Do not rise up against me but come to me in submission
1: In these verses 29 onwards she says إِنِّي إِلَيَّ I have received a noble letter And the scholars differ as to what she means by the nobility of that letter One of the opinions is, is that المحلي الله تعالى refers to that it is sealed Meaning that it carries the seal of the king so it is noble because that is how they would refer to the correspondence between, between royalty, that it is noble. Others said that it means by it being kareem, by being noble in terms of its contents, that it's noble in its contents. Others said that it's noble because it comes from Sulaiman. So she says that it is a noble letter from a noble king. That's what it means, from a noble king. And that is what will be mentioned in verse 30, it is from Sulaiman. And others said, and this is the position of Ibn Kathir rahmahullah ta'ala, that it is noble in the sense of how it was delivered. Meaning that a hudhud would come and would deliver the letter directly to her. Noble in the way and manner of its arrival. Because that wasn't the way that correspondents would arrive. It would come by messenger and that would take many days and many weeks and many months to come and travel. But this was delivered in a unique way. And this verse, verse 30, is the verse of the Qur'an that contains the basmala. min wa Inna And by jemaah of the scholars, the basmala is a part of the Qur'an in this verse. But as we said at the beginning of Surah Fatiha, they differ concerning its place at the beginning of the other surahs of the Qur'an, Fatiha and others, and we said then that the correct opinion and the strongest of them, and Allah knows best, is that it is an independent verse at the beginning of every surah to show the beginning of that surah with the exception of Surah At-Tawbah, and Allah knows best.
0: يَا أَيُّهَا أَفْتُونِي فِي أَمْرِي She said, Council, give me your opinion about this matter And tell me what you think I should decide مَا كُنْتُ حَتَّى تَشْهَدُونَ It is not my habit to make a final decision Until I have heard what you have to say قَالُوا نَحْنُ بَأْسٍ شَدِيدٍ They said, we possess strength And we possess great military force إِلَيْكِ فَانْظُرِ مَاذَا تَأْمُرِينَ But the matter is in your hands So consider what you command And we will obey you She said when kings enter a city They lay waste to it And make its mightiest inhabitants the most abased That is what they Meaning the senders of this letter too will do وَإِنِّي مُرْسِلَةٌ إِلَيْهِمْ بِهَدِيَّةٍ فَنَاظِرَةٌ I will send them a gift and then wait and see what the messengers bring back Meaning see if they accept the gift or return it If he is a king he will accept it, if he is a prophet he will not accept it She sent a thousand male and female servants in equal numbers, five hundred gold ingots Crowns adorned with jewels, musk, amber and other things Together with an envoy who carried a letter the hoopoe went swiftly to Sulaiman to tell him the news he ordered masses of gold and silver bricks to be made and, th- and that they should be laid round his palace to cover an area of several square miles and that a high wall of gold and silver should be built around it
1: and this again in verse 35 is from <coughs> the Israeli. it's not an authentic hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah knows best the manner of the gift that she sent and the manner in which Sulaiman received it other than what Allah explicitly mentions in the Quran Qatada Rahimahullah Ta'ala said this queen, Bilqis, was an extremely intelligent woman even before her Islam, because when the litter of Sulaiman comes, number one, she takes Shura, she consults her advisors, she doesn't take an independent decision, number two, when they say to her, we're strong enough, we can take him on, she says no, because if he happens to be the stronger one, the first ones whose heads will roll will be ours, that's what they do, when people come and conquer a land, the first people that are put to death are the nobility of the rulers, so we're the first ones that are going to suffer. And the third show of her intelligence is she says that I will send to him a gift instead. Qatada said ta'ala because she knew that a gift captures a person's heart. And that is why the Prophet sallallahu said to us shall I not tell you something that if you do it you will increase in love amongst you? Give gifts. Tahadu tahabu Give gifts and you will increase in love amongst one another. And so the Prophet of Allah said this. So bilqis is... Saying that I will send to them gifts And only Allah knows exactly what that gift was
0: When it, meaning the gift accompanied by the envoy and his entourage Reached Sulaiman, he said Would you give me wealth when what Allah has given me Referring to prophethood and his kingdom Is better than what he has given you of this world بَلْ أَنْتُمْ بِهَدِيَّتِكُمْ تَفْرَحُونَ No, rather it is you who delight in your gift Which is merely the baubles of this world اِرْجِعْ إِلَيْهِمْ Return to them, taking back the gift you brought فَلَنَأْتِيَنَّهُمْ بِجُنُودِ اللَّا قِبَلَ لَهُمْ بِهَا وَلَنُخْرِجَنَّهُمْ مِّنْهَا أَذِلَّةً وَهُمْ صَاغِرُونَ We will come to them with troops they cannot face and will expel them from it, meaning from their land of Sheba, which was named after the ancestor of their tribe, abased and humiliated if they do not come in submission. When the messenger returned with the gift, she shut her throne up inside her castle behind seven guarded and locked doors and surrounded her castle with seven further fortifications. She prepared to travel to Sulaiman in order to see what he wanted from her. She traveled with 12,000 chiefs. It's said that there were many thousand with each chief. He was aware of her when she was about five miles away. And
1: again Allah Soldier knows best about the authenticity of those
0: details He said counsel who among you will bring me her throne before they come to me in submission
1: And this is now Suleiman salam asking his counselors from the jinn and from the humans and others Who will bring me her throne before she arrives as a sign for her as a miracle and as a sign for her to show her the truthfulness of my speech because Sulaiman alayhi salam mm-hmm. is saying to her, believe in Allah, I am a prophet of Allah. And she is responding and saying what? She thinks that she's, he's just a normal king after her land, after her property, and so on. And so this is a sign that he wants to show her of her truthfulness, of his truthfulness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> An ifrit of the jinn, a very strong type of jinn, said, I will bring it, meaning the throne to you before you get up from your seat, where Sulaiman used to sit for judgment from early morning to midday. I am strong enough to carry it, and trustworthy enough to do it, and can be trusted with the jewels and other valuable materials it contains. Sulaiman said, I want it sooner than that. He who possessed knowledge of the book, a reference to Al-Saaf ibn Barqiyyah, a true man who knew the greatest name of Allah. And when someone asks for something by it, the response is immediate. He said, I will bring it to you before your glance returns to you. He said, look up to the sky. And as Sulaiman did so, Al-Saaf made supplication by the greatest name that Allah would bring the throne. And when Sulaiman looked back, it was there in front of him. It passed under the earth until it sprang up by the throne of Sulaiman. And when he saw it standing firmly in his presence, he said, This gift is part of my Lord's favour, to test me, to see if I will give thanks or show ingratitude for Allah's blessings to me. Whoever gives thanks whoever gives thanks only does so to his own gain, meaning being rewarded for his thankfulness to Allah. وَمَنْ كَثَرَ رَبِّي غَنِيٌّ كَرِيمٌ Whoever is ungrateful for blessings received, My Lord is rich beyond need of thankfulness, Generous in continuing to give to those who are ungrateful to Him.
1: In verses 39 and 40, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in response to Suleyman al Islam's request, one of the ifrit, Which is one of the stronger types of jinn, Said that I will bring you her throne before you can even stand up from your throne. Before you get up, the throne will be present in your in your company. In verse 40 He who possess knowledge of the book And the scholars of Tafsir agree That the second one is human The first one is from the jinn The second one is from the humans And he is named in some of those traditions As Asif Asif ibn Bar-Khiyya, Asif ibn Barqiyah And he said that Asif is from the people of Suleiman from his, from his court And the people are in the court of Suleiman According to some of those traditions The way that he brought that that he said that I will bring you the throne of Bilqis before you can blink. Even before you blink, it will be before you. And it is said in those traditions that he did that by using the name of Allah that is greatest, And that is in those traditions, and Allah knows best about that authenticity. al Taala said, We have no authentic relation to say that that's how he brought it. But Allah says, They are knowledge of the book. That he had knowledge that Allah had given to him. And with that knowledge, he was able to, by the permission of Allah, bring before Sulaiman the throne before he could blink. And when Sulaiman alayhi salam saw that, he said, this is from the bounty of my Lord, from his grace and blessings, to test me to see whether I will be grateful or ungrateful. And that is always the test of blessings that Allah bestows upon us to see whether we will use them in a way that is pleasing to Allah or whether we will use them in a way that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those who use them in a, play, in a way that is pleasing to Allah, by thanking Allah, by making dua to Allah, by using those blessings to bring others closer to Allah, by using those blessings for themselves to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they have passed that test. And whoever uses those blessings to become distant from Allah or distance others from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they are ungrateful and show a lack of gratitude, then there are those people who have who have missed those blessings. And this is... That portion of the verse is often one that you find in people's houses and shops and cars and I don't know where else. Hadam in Fadli Rabbi. This is from the grace of my Lord. And they often forget to mention the second part of that. That it is a test to see whether you will be grateful or not.
0: He said disguise her throat. Change it so that she does not recognize it when she sees it. He shall see whether she is guided To recognize it or someone who is not guided And does not recognize it because of the change By that he meant to test her intelligence Because of what had been said And they altered it Then when she came she was asked Is is your throne like this? She said it is exactly like it She recognized it although it appeared to her As it appeared to them He did not say is this your throne? If he had asked that she would have answered yes Sulaiman saw that she had recognition and knowledge, he said, We were given knowledge before her and were already Muslims.
1: In verse 42, Allah says that Sulaiman asked her, Is your throne like this? She said, It seems to be so. Not that she said it is exactly like it. Because She can tell clearly from it That it looks exactly like her throne But at the same time She's dismissing the possibility That that massive throne of hers That Allah describes as being grand Could reach this Before her own army could reach Sulaiman alayhis salam And then how did he get it out And how did he extract it And how did he remove it So she Seems to know that it is hers But she doesn't want to openly say Because at the same time She has yet to completely submit to Allah And believe in the Prophethood of Salimah Therefore the better translation is That it seems to be like it is my throne And Allah knows best For
0: what she worshipped besides Allah Impeded her from worshipping Allah she was from an unbelieving people She was told enter the courtyard Which was paved with transparent crystal Under which were flowing fresh water and fish man had it constructed When he had been told that her, that her legs and feet Were those of a donkey But when she saw it She supposed it to be a pool and bared her legs, ready to enter it. Sulaiman was on his throne in the center of the courtyard, and he saw that her legs and feet were beautiful. (laughs) He said to her, it is a courtyard paved with glass, and invited her to Islam. (laughs) She said, my lord, I have wronged myself by worshiping other than you. وَأَسْلَمْتُ مَعَ سُلَيْمَانَ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ But I have submitted with Suleiman to the Lord of all the worlds He wanted to marry her but disliked the hair on her legs And so the shaitans prepared a depilatory and she removed the hair with it He married her and loved her and confirmed her as the ruler over her kingdom he used to visit her once a month and would stay with her for three days. Her kingdom ended when the kingdom of Sulaiman ended. It is related that Suleiman became king when he was 13 years old and died when he was 53. Glory be to the one whose kingdom has no end.
1: <laughs> In verse 44, Allah says, Enter
0: into, the
1: translation is courtyard, but many of the scholars of tafsir said it is a palace that was built ibn Kathir ta'ala mentioned that he commanded his troops, his jinn and others, to build a palace. The floor of which, the ground of which, the floor of which would be glass. And under it there would be a river flowing. And because glass had yet to be used in that way and manner, and it wasn't common in her time, when she came and he says to her, enter into the palace, she thinks that she's about to walk on water. It's a stream she's going to walk on. So she lifts part of the bottom of her gown, of her dress. So that the water won't touch her feet She won't become wet and the bottom of her dress doesn't become wet And so when she walks on it and she sees that she's not getting wet But it's clear, he says to her that this is the glass that I've used As another sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And then she accepts Islam knowing that he is a prophet of Allah And she turns to Allah Jalla with Iman And all of this that we have in the commentary here really is from the Israeli and actually much of it isn't becoming and befitting of being mentioned about a prophet of Allah, that a prophet of Allah is like some kind of you know, romantic story that he wants to see her legs and then he sees her legs and she's got hair and then he wants to move the hair and then all of this stuff that is mentioned, it is mentioned in the works of tafsir no doubt, but as Shaykh Nathim ta'ala, and others said, it is from those things that isn't befitting of a prophet of Allah and therefore isn't worthy Being mentioned because our religion honors our prophets and they place them on a much higher pedestal with much higher uh, ambitions and aspirations than those that are mentioned in traditions like this. But this is what you find in the traditions of other religions where they say that their prophets were like this and they had desires like this and they did actions like this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And with the end of verse 44, inshaAllah ta'ala, we will stop here for today.